after Saturday's fire in Heronswood Road, just 400 yards from the nearest station. Deputy Fire Chief for Hearts, John Mills, says they were right to put out a call on the emergency pages. We've got an agreement with the Fire Brigade Union that we'd only ever use that alert system in extreme circumstances. And I think given what I've just said there, about 28 emergency 999 calls coming in from different members of the public, indicating that we had a number of children trapped within that property, I think it's absolutely reasonable that we try to alert the, the nearest crew to support the resilience crews to deal with this fire. Extremists in Iraq are reported to have seized control of the country's biggest oil refinery after a 10-day battle. Meanwhile, the father of one of three British teenagers from Coventry who believed to be fighting with ISIS militants in Syria has accused an imam in the city of brainwashing them. A leading doctor has described a review of NHS services in Bedfordshire and Milton Keynes as market lunacy. Dr Mark Porter from the British Medical Association says managers wrote to over 500 possible providers, including an American provider offering faith-based healthcare. In a statement, the Bedfordshire and Milton Keynes Clinical Commissioning Groups said they must be prepared to talk to a range of organisations in and outside the NHS. Animal welfare groups and MPs are calling for prison sentences of up to five years for people who steal dogs and other pets. They claim most dog thieves end up with cautions, fines or community service. Pensioner Jesse Black from Luton, who had her dog stolen this month, backs the call. I think it's good. Yes, I mean, theft, isn't it? So, I mean, a dog is like as if you pinched a child. You know what I mean? It's part of the family. And I want to press charges against him. In sport, England manager Roy Hodgson has made nine changes for this evening's final World Cup game against Costa Rica. Kickoff is at five o'clock. Hosts Brazil beat Cameroon 4-1 last night and will face Chile in the last 16. Holland will face Mexico, who beat Croatia 3-1. The weather, sunny intervals and scattered showers. Maximum temperature 21 degrees Celsius. And you can get the latest news and sport online at bbc.co.uk slash counties. BBC Three Counties Radio's big tour of beds, hearts and bucks. If I walk up and down the street, I'm I'm often seeing people I know. Quiet country living in a really convenient location. And all this week, we're featuring Wellin and Digswell. It's a great village to live. It's got a a, a real family feel about it. It's all about where you live. People are proud to be in Wellin. It's, It's a nice place to live. The big tour of beds, hearts and bucks. BBC Three Counties Radio. What a great idea! A shoe built on blocks. I'll call them... Blocker boots! We'll sell a million!
BBC Three Counties Radio. It's going to be one of those shows this morning, I think. I think it's going to be one of those shows. Coming up, whistleblowing, dog napping, and how's that? You know, like in cricket. No. Did I get it wrong? Yeah. Go on. And how's thatting? You know, to they, go with the three. They don't say how's thatting though, and they don't even say how's that or how's that. There is a verb to how to how's that. How's that? Uh, yeah. Thank you. I've asked Kelly to find a song that I've not heard for about 25 years. I think it's good, but I am prepared to be proven wrong. Yeah? I said proven. I know. I'm just experimenting with pronunciation. Why did you say it like the hut? The what? Why did you say the word like the hut? The hut? The hut? Why did you say proven? What's wrong with your... Is it your microphone gone again or is that your nose? What? <laughs> I'm, I'm talking into the microphone. Yeah, speak into Catherine's microphone because something sounds wrong and it might, it might just be your nasal cavity. Have a go on this one. Hello. Yeah, your microphone's now. Fun times, guys. Fun hey. times. So we're trying to find a song and I don't know if it's any good or not, but I remember liking it when I heard it 25 years ago. I bet it's rubbish. Hey! Facebook.com, etc, etc, etc. 81, you know the rest. 08459. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. Is it Hadaway? <laughs> what, what was the Hadaway song? What is love? Baby, Baby don't, don't hurt me. Don't, don't hurt me. No more. What is love? Do, 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 Who was do, the idiots that sang about do, um, the chimney on her head? Do you remember that? What's she gonna, gonna look, look like with the chimney, chimney on her? What's she gonna look like with the chimney What was that about? Um, who was that again? I think it's about flattening someone who pinched your boyfriend. No, it was about the Wicked Witch of the West... There really have been uh, a lot of um, cruddy records over the years, haven't they? <laughs> yeah. Haven't there? I've owned them all. Yeah, you points. have. Yeah. You found that song yet, Kels? Yeah. Should we play it? No, not yet. It's not ready. Okay. I it's Chicago. My... Oh, yeah. I like Chicago. But it's like Chicago, Chicago before they became AOR, before they became right. soft. Chicago, when they... Took drugs. Yeah. Yeah. Don't tell, don't tell on Chicago. Don't tell on Peter Satira. Was he in Chicago? Yes. He also did the love theme from the Karate Kid, didn't he? Yeah. I am a man who will fight for your honour. That one. Okie dokie. Tune. What was a tune? Like a knight in shining armour from a long time ago. I only know those bits as well. Okay. How, how far away from are we from that record? Because Shall I tell you what we should do in the future? Yeah. Uh, you should tell me the, the record you want well in advance. Yeah. <laughs> I you know can't. that bit where we're sitting reading the papers and you're no. saying there's nothing in the papers? Because Kath. I also need to check the lyrical content. There's no swears in it. I've heard this song on radio too. Oh. Chicago wouldn't swear. Yeah. They were on drugs. Well. They didn't know what they were doing. Hang on. What I'm just wondering is, do we do we go? Do we do the news? Do we do the story? No, the moment's gone. Well, press stop. Now I don't know if this song is any good or not. 
I'm Sh- guessing no. Shall we have a go? Let's. We can bail out if we don't like it. Okay, go on. Ooh. Ooh. Yeah. Ooh. I like. Uh-huh. <clears throat> <clears throat> so you doing that? Yeah. I shut up.
take drugs, kids. You'll end up like Chicago. You'll end up in Chicago. No one wants that. Just miming the drums there for Catherine. You don't look yeah, impressed. It's always nice, that. Having someone <laughs> mime drums in your face. Uh, I was at an event once. I think I was the symbol. <laughs> I'll, I'll tell you later on. Look, we've got to squeeze this in. MPs will meet later to discuss allegations made by a former Yarlswood employee about inappropriate behaviour and procedural failings at the Bedfordshire Immigration Removal Centre. Former mental health nurse Noel Finn claims that staff behaved inappropriately towards detainees and that personal problems were written off as attempts to delay deportation. Bosses from Yarlswood's operator Serco will give their response to the Home Affairs Select Committee this afternoon. Catherine's been looking into this one and joins me now. Why has the whistleblower chosen to speak out now? Noel Finn says he's chosen to go public about his concerns at Yarlswood because they're ignored by senior managers. It's as simple as that. His testimony follows the death of Christine Case in custody earlier this year, as well as allegations of sexual abuse of inmates. Christine died after complaining of chest pains and that incident's currently being investigated. And the former mental health nurse, Noel Finn, told us that uh, he'd witnessed inappropriate contact between staff and detail. Here's what he claimed had happened to one inmate. I was told that an individual had gone into her room and had sexually um, interactions with her. The officer made it very clear to me that there was an investigation um, and he made it very, very clear to me that she had been assaulted and that she had allowed it. It was one of those things which I was quite surprised at. You do not cross that line, it's as simple as that. They're vulnerable individuals. He also went on to say that the centre is no longer fit for purpose. I think that the unit should be closed. It's not actually providing what it needs to provide. Um, people stay there too long. Most of them don't get removed. They get, some of them go back into the community. Some of them get the, um, deported, but most of them are staying there just contained. So in that sense, the way it's in its, in its form now, the way it's presented now, it's not, it's not fit for purpose in that sense. Uh, what have Serco had to say in response? Well, the company that run the centre insists it provides a good standard of care. Indeed, the former director of Yarlswood, John Tolland, told this programme, you'll probably remember... Yes, he came on, ..that he, he was proud of the treatment of detainees. He's now taken up position at HMP Doncaster and a new man is in charge of the centre. We did ask to speak to Serco live on this programme this morning, um, Ian, but we were told that no-one was available because they're busy preparing for this appearance this afternoon of the, uh, the Home Affairs Select Committee. In a statement, though, they told us that the well-being of those in our care is our top priority. Complaints are fully investigated. A report by the Chief Inspector of Prisons in October 2013 considered it to be an establishment where residents feel safe. Uh, what have Serco said about these sexual abuse claims? Well, the new director of Yarlswood, Norman Abusan, told us that sexual contact between residents and staff is always completely unacceptable. He added, we view any complaint of this type of behaviour ex- extremely seriously. Uh, Keith Faz is the chair of the Home Affairs Select Committee. He's calling for full transparency about what's gone on at Yarlswood. Serco have seen serious questions to answer about the alleged abuse that has been made by people who are in their care. These are very serious concerns that we have and the allegations need to be investigated carefully. There has been an internal investigation but I'm afraid there hasn't been full transparency. And later on, Ian, you'll be talking to campaigners who say that the abuse of detainees at Yarlswood is endemic and inmates are also medically mistreated. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio.
Good morning. On the speed sensors in Luton at the Kidneywood roundabout, those routes approaching the motorway starting to build up a little bit already. Also got some roadworks in Bletsoe to watch out for. These have been causing delays around Bedford. The A6 is closed between Mill Road and Bourne End Lane. On public transport at Luton Airport, flights to and from France may be disrupted because of industrial action. So if that applies to you, you're being advised to check the status of your flight. I'm Alice Glossop, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you very much. 6.17, it's Tuesday the 24th of June. I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. A whistleblower has told the BBC that many services at the Yaldswood Immigration Centre in Bedfordshire are not fit for purpose. Bosses from Serco who run Yaldswood are due to appear before MPs this afternoon. A leading doctor has described a review of NHS services in Bedfordshire and Milton Keynes as market lunacy. And in sport, England manager Roy Hodgson has made nine changes for this afternoon's final World Cup game against Costa Rica, the coffee establishment. BBC Three Counties Radio. Guys, guys. My favourite part of this job is the next 48 seconds. Imagine a radio station with no music. What's your favourite biscuit? Imagine a programme without conversation. Listen to me, I'm really important. Imagine an afternoon with no local stories. Hundreds of miles away, something really impressive is happening. Sounds pretty boring. Mm. Which is why we have Nick Coffer. BBC Three Counties Radio, Nick Coffer, here until three o'clock. Every weekday he'll bring you the music. Gallagher and Lyle, I want to stay with you. Every breath you take, that's a police. The conversation. His dedication to local musicians has led him to starting Papermouth. And the local stories. Today we're going to be looking at the work of the Bedford and Milton Keynes Waterways Trust. Say no to boring afternoons and listen to Nick Coffer. Weekdays from midday here on BBC Three Counties Radio. Speaking of riddles.
caveat this with, I think I'm right when I say this. So that gets us out of any legal quagmires. Okay. I think I'm right when I say this. Nick Kershaw is nothing but a dirty, rotten liar. What? 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 What's he supposed to say that? I, well, I think I'm right. He was an excellent, if nasal, singer. Five foot four. I like to. I won't let the sun go down. My dad had the album. There was one that went. That went. Talk to me, Bogart. Okay. I didn't so know who Bogart was. Don't. Don't. It was about. If I were you, I wouldn't bring your dad up on the show today. <laughs> I got I got beef with your dad. I got dirt. I got the picture. I got the evidence about your dad. You've got no Ev. I've got Ev. You've only got my word, and we can't discuss it. Oh, yes, we we so can't trouble. discuss it. It's a bit fresh. We can't discuss the fact that he let dad. your your Shh. fresh beef, eh? When Kath goes to the toilet, I'll, I'll tell you, Kels, no, and you, dear listener. Anyway, so much trouble. Nick Kershaw is a dirty, rotten liar, because wasn't he in the year 2000 supposed to come out and tell us what the answer to the riddle was? Yeah, I, but everyone forgotten what the riddle was. Well, but, no, but we've remembered now. Have we missed the, the window the of opportunity? By, so in the tree by the river, there's a hole in the ground. Yeah. And old man Aaron goes around and around. That's it. Why is he wearing Aaron? It's not really it's not um, seasonal. a riddle, is it? It's just a description. I don't think there's a ever... really boring sentence. Can we get can we get Kershaw on the phone? Shall I tweet him? L- Liz or, or Nick, I'm not bothered, brother or sister, I don't care. Oh. Let's right, get them on the phone. Let's find out what the answer to the riddle was. Find out off air. I'm sure he never gets those tweets. No, find out off air and um, if it's worth it. We'll Maybe you should tweet him because you're probably his mate with your showbiz life. You and your blue ticks. Thanks mm. very much indeed. I've got blue ticks and they're beautiful. Now, Parliament's Animal Welfare Group is backing calls for tougher sentences for dog nappers. The group, led by Devon MP Neil Parrish, who we'll be speaking to later, wants anyone who steals dogs and other domestic animals, badgers, uh, hedgehogs or cats, to face a five-year prison sentence instead of the usual caution, fine or community service. Well, let's talk to someone who's seen the other side of this fairly recently. Jessie Black is from Luton and joins me now. Good morning, Jessie. Good morning. Jessie, tell me what happened to your dog, Millie. Well, I was taking my dog, Millie, for a walk, right, and uh, we play runaway and hide-and-seek, you know. You play hide-and-seek with Millie, yes? Yes, yeah. I mean, she, she sort of hides and then behind a tree, you know, and then I sort of see her tail or something. Anyway, I was walking her and she went over the thing and I came out the car park and I looked at her, turned around, well, I turned my head round, I said, I can see you, I've beat you. Yeah. Anyway, then I went to turn round to get her lead and she'd gone. Oh. And uh, I sort of said, you know, I thought she was hiding somewhere, so I looked high and low for her, and I couldn't find her. And that was on the Monday. I went back to Moor Path, you know, to see if she was there. Anyway, I couldn't find her. Kept calling her. No, no response. And uh, the next day, I had no sleep. Next day... You must have felt very anxious. I did. I mean, I felt very anxious, and I thought, you know, all things go into your head, and you think... Oh my God! You know what's happened to her? You know she's only, although she's my my baby, she's my pet, my Millie. Yeah. But to other people, she could just be a breeding machine or something like that. A, a breeding chem- machine, yes. yeah. Yeah, or if not, to test chemicals, you know. Yeah. Oh dear. And uh, on the Tuesday, I went to the vet and I said, you know, it knew vet and near in Brook Street, and I said to them. As, as you seen Millie, and they said, no, nobody's been in. That was in the morning. 
And I sort of went and I, I said, we took a photograph of Millie down to the vets and uh, they said, oh, we'll keep it with us, Jess. If we find out anything, we'll let you know. So later that afternoon, uh, they rang me and said that some man had gone in there to have his dog, uh, what's it called, registered. Yeah. He had to have his dog registered. It turned, and when they started trying to scan her, he got very panicky. Oh. Because, no, she's been tricked, hasn't yeah, she? Yeah, of course. And uh, she, he got very panicky and he left. Well, somebody from the vets, they were really nice vets. These, somebody didn't like the attitude of him, so they followed him and he went up to a flat, number 62 or 64. Okay, let's not, yeah, let's not give out any addresses. Right. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, they, they followed him to a, a flat, right? And um, anyway, then they rang me and they said, Jess, yes. uh, a man's been in to register Millie yeah. and uh, we had someone for it and they gave me the address. So I went down to the vets again, yeah. you know, to get more details. And uh, then I rang, I said to them, is it all right if I ring the police? And they said, yeah, of course. So, you know, to give them some, so that they could go there and get, all I wanted was my little dog back. Of course you did, yeah. I mean, I was anxious, I was worried and, you know, I couldn't eat and I couldn't sleep. And um, anyway, I went to the... Uh, I rang the police and I told them and I gave them this address and they said, oh, don't worry, we'll send somebody out on Saturday. Now, this was on the Tuesday. Oh, that's no good, is it? No, and I said, you must be joking, I said, you know. They could be using her for breeding or yeah, something. Yeah, And I think that's what they stole her for, to yeah. tell you the truth, because what, I'll, I'll tell you the rest of this story first. Yeah. And then... On the Tuesday, they said, oh, well, we'll come out on Saturday. I thought anything could happen to her. So, anyway, I still looked round and, you know, couldn't find her. And I, I was worried sick, you know. And, uh This fellow wanted money, did he? Yes, he... he on the Wednesday morning, I, I went and thought, right, if the police won't come to me, I will go to them. You know, because I'd, I'm not going to wait till Saturday to get my, my dog back. Anything could happen to her. Yeah. So I went back at the police station on the Wednesday. Jesse. Yeah? Can I interrupt you there? Yeah? We have to go to the travel and the news. Can you wait for a couple of minutes? Because I know that we all want to hear the end of this story. Would yeah, that be yeah, all right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you stay there, my I dear. I can listen to the news, you know. Good. Have, have, a, have you got a cup of tea? Oh, yeah. Good. No, you they sit... don't call me tea bags for nothing. They call you tea bags? Yep. Beautiful. Listen, tea bags, you sit down, have a cup of tea, and we'll be with you in a couple of minutes. Is that all right? Yep. Thank you, Jessie. We'll find out what happened to Jessie and her Millie, who, so far, we all we know is she could be being used for a breeding machine. We'll find out what happened after this. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. 
On the speed sensors in Mark Yate, the A5 Redbourne bound already starting to build up a little bit around Luton Road. Also got some roadworks that might cause some delays around Beaconsfield. There are temporary traffic lights on the Amersham Road just next to Longbottom Lane. Public transport has no reported problems. I'm Alice Glossop, BBC Three Counties Radio. Across beds, hearts and bugs. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. It's 6.30, I'm Simon Oxley. A whistleblower has told the BBC that many services at the Yarlswood Immigration Centre in Bedfordshire are not fit for purpose. Bosses from Serco who run Yarlswood are due to appear before the Home Affairs Select Committee this afternoon. A leading doctor has described a review of NHS services in Bedfordshire and Milton Keynes as market lunacy. Dr Mark Porter from the British Medical Association says managers wrote to over 500 possible providers. And animal welfare groups and MPs are calling for prison sentences of up to five years for people who steal dogs and other pets. They claim most dog thieves end up with cautions, fines or community service. Three Counties Sports. BBC Three Counties Radio. England manager Roy Hodgson has made nine changes for this afternoon's final World Cup game against Costa Rica, who will rest players themselves, having already gone through. Only Gary Cahill and Daniel Sturridge remain from the side which lost to Uruguay, as Hodgson includes the likes of Ben Foster, Luke Shaw and Jack Wilshire. I'm handing them a great opportunity to go out on this fantastic stage and show that they're not only players with potential, they're players who, who, who are already good enough to wear an England shirt. And as a manager, I can't do more than that. And I believe fully they will not let me or the team down. Kickoff is at five o'clock. Also at five, it's Italy versus Uruguay for the right to join Costa Rica in the last 16. Last night, hosts Brazil beat Cameroon 4-1 and will face Chile in the last 16. Holland will face Mexico, who beat Croatia 3-1. Milton Keynes Dons assistant manager Richie Barker says the club has received no formal bids as yet for Deli Alley. The 18-year-old midfielder has been linked to a number of top Premier League clubs, but Barker says there have been no offers. As far as I know at the moment, I haven't been told of any sort of official bids. You know, I've heard all the rumours, as I'm sure everybody else has. And, you know, it, it's, I'm sure, flattering for him. It's certainly flattering for the people who have worked with Delhi, knowing that, you know, we're now starting to produce players that are attracting interest from a bigger club. England's cricketers are facing almost certain defeat by Sri Lanka. They will start the final day at Headingley on 57 for five, needing 350 to win. In the Monacantis Championship at High Wycombe, Buckinghamshire start the final day on 71 with out loss in their second innings, needing an unlikely 525 to beat Cambridgeshire. And Rafael Nadal, Roger Federer and Serena Williams are among those in action on day two at Wimbledon. BBC Three Counties News and Sport, the next full bulletin is at seven. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is Ian Lee. Yes. BBC Three Counties Radio. OK, so, Catherine... Has joined me, Don La Chambre. Bonjour. It's Don La Studio. Um, not oui. Don La Chambre. Well, what studio in French? Studio. Come on. Yeah. French um, uh, are racist, aren't they? And they have a big. They have a, a law that they can't have any more English words. They like, can't have an English word when a French word will suffice. But they still haven't managed weekend. Le weekend. Or trainers. They say basket. Oh, or goodness. jogging, le jogging. Oh, for goodness sakes. Anyway, listen, it's great to have you with me because I think I'm going to need a bit of hand-holding through this next bit of the show. Why? Very emotional story. I don't know if you were listening. We were speaking to Jessie Black uh, from Luton who was telling us about her Millie. It's her dog. They used to play hide-and-seek. I've got this right, haven't I, teabags? They used to, you used to play hide-and-seek in the woods. Yeah. 
and you'd spot her tail and go, I can see you. Yeah. When you were hiding from Millie, did, how, did, are you confident that she was counting up to 20 properly or was she coming a bit early? No, she was sort of missing every other word, oh. you know, like she'd go one, three, five. Unbelievable. Oh, little cheats. Unbe- anyway. She, she was a cheat. So Millie <laughs> went missing. You were concerned she'd been taken as a breeding machine. Yeah. Uh, the, the, a, a dodgy gentleman turned up at the vets with a dog that you suspected was your Millie. Yes. This was on a Tuesday. The police weren't going to go around on a Saturday. No, they weren't going to come around to me until a Saturday. Oh, they Oh, even though you, you'd given them the yes, address? I'd given the address and everything. OK, teabags, what happened next? And then on the um, Wednesday, yeah. I sort of done what I had to do, and I thought, right, if the police won't come to me, yeah. I will go to them. Beautiful. So I'd got um, Millie's papers, so I went, and I, I, I like word search books, you know? Oh. So... I thought, right, I'll take a word search book. If I've got to be up there all day, I'll be up there. Search for words. Yeah, (laughs) word search. It should be dog search. It should be, isn't it? So, anyway, I went up there. I picked, took a number at the machine. Oh, yeah. And, uh, oh, they do that now. It's like going to the deli in in, uh, the supermarket, isn't it? Or the meat counter. Yeah. Yeah. And anyway, I took a number. My number came up, so I went to the desk and I told them my story. And they said, oh, if you'd like to take a seat over there, some gentleman, somebody will come out and speak to you. Yeah. I said, OK. So I sat over there, and anyway, a gentleman came, and uh, he said, oh, will you come through? So I went through, yeah. and I said, I'd like to report my dog has gone, you know, gone missing or stolen. Yeah. I mean, because she couldn't just sort of vanish out of thin air. No, that's and, impossible. Um, anyway, so I made a statement. Yeah. And uh, I signed it. And he said, oh, well, we'll go up to this address that we were given, you know, yeah. I told them. Yeah. Anyway, we went to one number. Yeah. And I got a feeling, I might be wrong, I got a feeling there was nobody living there. Oh. And... Um, Anyway, but then when we went to the other number, which yeah. was right opposite, yeah. we uh, the, the police officer put his thumb to where these you know peepholes. Yeah. He put his thumb there, and um, anyway, why, so, why did he do that? Well, so that they wouldn't see that he was oh, a police officer. A, that's a good trick from the police, isn't it? Yeah, so he. And um, anyway, so then uh, nobody answered, and he said to oh. me. Uh, Jess, he said, yeah. if you was calling Millie, how would you call her? Well, I call her Millie Mole. Millie Mole. Yeah. yeah. I say, Millie Mole, and then we could hear scratching oh, from inside. Oh, no. Yes. And uh, the police officer said to me, he said, um, he said, I can hear scratching. I said, yeah, yeah so yeah. can I. So nobody was going to answer the door. So we went back downstairs. We got into the car, the police officer said, oh, I'll come back later to that address. So I said, okay. So then he took me home, and then about an hour later, the vet rang me to say that the man that came in with Millie the day before, Tuesday, had been, I don't know if he'd been there or phoned them, and he wanted to um, speak to me personally. He gave his name to them, yeah. and he gave his mobile phone number to them right. for me to contact. This is all very suspicious, isn't it? I know. Yeah. And um, anyway, I wrote the number down, y- and you then would, yeah. I sort of 
rung him, yeah. and I said, are you, you know, so-and-so, yeah. his name, and he said, yeah. yeah, and I said, you've got my dog, and I want a back. I said, so he said, I, me and my wife came into town yesterday, he said, and he said, uh, my children saw the dog with some man, a coloured man, he said. Oh. Well, first of all, it was a coloured man, but then it turned out to be a half-caste. Right, But okay. then I don't think there was, you know, I think he was just sort of saying yeah. that. Yeah, And he said, um, how could Millie eat in her bone? So, Millie, be quiet, your mum's on the radio. <laughs> eat your bone quieter. You could have been a breeding machine. Yeah, or a drug machine. A drug machine. So, anyway, uh I spoke to him and he said about yeah. the man, he said to the man, would you consider selling the dog? And the man said, yes, if you give me £200. Oh, yeah. there we go, yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah. so yeah. he said, he only had £100 on him, he said, and he said, I've only got £100. And this man was supposed to have said to him, no, I said 200 So his wife went to yeah. the Halifax. Got some money I don't out. know why he bought that, that particular place in... But he's so... Which is a very spe- uh, specific reference, isn't it? The yes. Halifax, yeah. So he said, why he picked on that one, I don't know. No. But he said... Um, anyway. His, his wife went and got another £100. They came back yeah. and yeah. they gave the £200. And so he wanted back. 200 quid off you, did he? Yes. Did you tell him to jog off? I'm only rushing on a bit, uh, yeah, T-Bags. We finish he, at then, nine. He, then he kept saying about, oh, would you give me... Uh, £100. Oh. I said, I'm not paying a penny. No. I said, as far as I'm concerned, you've pinched my dog and I want my dog back, yeah. safe and well. Yeah. I said, I'm not giving you any money. I yep. said, because you could do the same to somebody else. If I give you money, you could do the same to somebody else, pinch their pet. Yeah, you dodgepot. And, yeah. So, anyway, he said oh. to me, well, can I have one of Millie's pups? What? I said, you are. He said, can I have one of Millie's pups? Get out of here, fella. So I said, no, you no. He said, why not? I said, because she's had the operation. Ah, uh, yeah. So he said, oh. He said, apparently, according to him, he'd got these some papers, but bogus papers. Bogus. So it would be on the papers that she'd been spayed, wouldn't now, it? Now, teabags, I'm only moving on because, yeah, because JVS so is on at nine o'clock. Anyway, then you... the next thing. Okay. He, um, I had the vet ring me. Yeah. I probably wouldn't, I wouldn't give him any money, and I told him Millie had been doctored, you know. Yeah. So he said, um, a phone call come, it was the vet. Yeah. He said, she said, Jess, you'll never guess who I've got here. Oh. I said, is it that man? She said, no. I said, and it? my heart went in my mouth. Oh, I said, gosh. is it Millie? She said, yes. And I said, is she all right? She yes, she's safe and well. I said, can I come and collect her? They said, no, you can't. We're keeping her. Unless you give us 200 quid with the vets. So, anyway, I went down there. I couldn't get there quick enough. I'm on crutches, you know. So, because I've got knee replacements and a pacemaker. So, I went there. And as I got to the door, I heard them say to one of the girls, let Millie out. And when I saw her, I nearly cried, you know. We just so I was so relieved that she was safe and well, you know. And she's got <laughs> one white eye, and she's got a black patch right over her right eye. And I just nearly cried. Jesse, you know. t- uh, teabag, stay there. Jamie's Jamie. Yes, mate. You've got to go to work, have you? Oh yeah, Paul. So. <laughs> 
You want to know the... You, I'm guessing you want to know the end of the story. Just want to know if she got the dog back, buddy. Yes. I've got her back safe and well. Well, that's good enough, so I can go to work in peace now. Yep. Thank you. Is that, is that all right, Jamie? That yeah, put your yeah. mind ease. Thank you. We'll, we'll get the rest of the details, Jamie, but you go off to work. Thank you. So you got you got her back, tea bags. Yep. Well, fan... He, he took the dog... He, he opened the vet door, and Millie walked in, you know, yeah. like anybody. She walked in the door, and he threw the lead in, and he said, here, you can have your bloody dog. Oh. <laughs> Rude. <laughs> Oh, what, the fella said that, not the vet? No, oh, no, the vet are nice people. I mean, if it hadn't been for the vet, if it hadn't been for that vet, I don't know what I would have done. No. Well, the vet was good. The vet was great. Um, The vet was more helpful than the police. Well... Weren't they just? Yeah. I Although mean, that trick with the spy hole was quite handy, I think. Yeah, that's a good one. That's that. a good one. Well, J- Jesse, yeah, uh, tea bags. Tea bags. Put- stay there. Tony's in Milton Keynes. Tony, you, 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 what did you want to say, Tony? I've been shouting at the radio for 40 minutes. What, why is that? This lady reminds me of my mum and she used to drive me. <laughs> oh, no, <laughs> oh, don't be so rude me. about tea bags. Yeah, she used to take four hours to tell you two minutes worth of story. Yeah, but we're getting, we're getting colour. We're getting, we're getting texture, Tony. Yeah, we have. My mum used to come home and talk about coloured men and half cast. Oh, right, well. OK, right. No, my mum always said oh. there's good and bad of every nationality. Isn't, isn't there just? Isn't there just? Now, uh, tea bags. So, in conclusion, thank you for that call, Tony, I think. In conclusion, you got Millie back. Yep. She wasn't bred. No. She wasn't stuffed full of drugs. No. As far as we know. No. She's alive and well and fit, yeah. and she's chomping on a big bone right oh, now. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Beautiful, yes. beautiful. Well, I, it, it's, it was. Uh, it sounds like a stressful few days, but was, you, you, got, you, you mean, got your little girl back. Yeah, uh, all I was worried about yeah. was her, you yeah, know. Yeah. I couldn't sleep, I couldn't eat, because I, I, all things come into my head, you know. Yeah, of course. What, where was she, what was they, she doing? Yeah. But... Luckily, was she as being I said, thank God, yeah, well. I've got her back. Well, listen, it's a marvellous story, uh, Teabags. You don't mind me calling you Teabags, no, do you? No, I like no. that. It's a marvellous story. You go and have fun uh, with Millie. And tell her to count properly when she's playing hide-and-seek. None of this dropping every other oh, number. So she's got to go two, four, six. No! Eight. She's got... <laughs> the teabags, love you to talk to you. Have a good day. And you. Thank you for your time, my love. Ta-ta. Thank you. There we go. There we go. What, what a delightful, uh, delightfully long story that was. Yeah, that, uh, dog that cheats at hide-and-seek. <laughs> <laughs> so I'd, get, I'd, I'd get rid of Millie and get a new dog that doesn't really? cheat. No, I wouldn't. Well, that's a fantastic story, and I'm, I'm glad we were able to, uh, to, Hear get, it all. to get to the end of that eventually. Um, 08459 555 if you want to comment on teabags and Millie. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. On the speed sensors, the A1M southbound around Junction 7 for Stevenage starting to look heavy now. Also, the M1 London bound slow going between Junction 10 for Luton and 9 for Redbourne. The M25 anti-clockwise also really starting to look busy between Junction 21 for the M1 and 19 for Watford. Public transport's all looking good, though, with no reported problems. I'm Alice Glossop, BBC Three Counties Uh, Radio. Alice, thank you very much indeed. Right, it's 6.45. (laughs) 
It's Tuesday the 24th of June. I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. A whistleblower has told the BBC that many services at the Yarlswood Immigration Centre in Bedfordshire are not fit for purpose. Bosses from Serco, who run Yarlswood, are due to appear before MPs this afternoon. A leading doctor has described a review of NHS services in Bedfordshire and Milton Keynes as market lunacy. And tea bags in Luton did get Millie back. And just to confirm, Millie was not bred with or used as a drug dog. Let's get the weather now. Here's Kate. Beds, hearts and bucks weather. BBC Three Counties Radio. Good morning. A bit of a misty start for some out there this morning, but eventually it should start to lift. In fact, most places should see an improvement fairly quickly. Then we've got some lovely sunny spells, perhaps one or two showers, that one or two of those could potentially be quite heavy, perhaps thundery as well. Maximum temperature, though, in the sunshine around 24 Celsius. That's 75 degrees in Fahrenheit. We could still get one or two showers rumbling through this evening, but eventually they'll dry out. It's a weak cold front that's moving through. It introduces slightly fresher air behind it. So it's going to feel a little cooler tonight. 12 Celsius, the minimum temperature. That fresher air staying with us for tomorrow. Should get some nice sunny spells tomorrow, but it will feel cooler. Maximum temperature, 19 Celsius. And that's your forecast. A Copa do Mundo no Brasil. It's the post and it's Today at five, Italy versus Uruguay and Costa Rica against England. Then at nine, Greece versus Ivory Coast and Japan against Colombia. Brasil 2014. The one we've all been waiting for. One of the great World Cup goals. For a full list of commentaries across the BBC, search BBC World Cup.
listener. This is Ian Lee, BBC Three Counties Radio. Catherine is in the studio with me. I am. We were supposed to be going through the papers, but uh, the, the story that Teabags was telling about her Millie was... Mm. Um, we think that Millie may have had the time of her life when she was with that gentleman, though. Good to be back home. You seem pretty sure she's having puppies. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> why, why, why would you think that? Anyway. <clears throat> I've got a frog in my throat. Anyway. Uh, th- th- we can look at the papers. There's not a lot in the papers today. Very, very dull. Lots of it is about uh, Andy Murray's mum. And his uh, girlfriend wearing a dress. And his girlfriend's got a dress on and the, the tennis and the, all, the, all this stuff. There is some stuff about the football. Harry Redknapp, the uh, football manager who used to manage the Tottenham Hotspurs, does he still manage them? Mm-hmm. OK. My sister-in-law lives in his son's garage. That's weird. Yeah. Does his son know? Uh, I think he might be aware. OK, well, he came out and said... Well, what did he come out and say, Justin? Well, he, he's actually the Queen's Park Rangers manager. Thank he's you. moved on now, but... Uh, Good for him. Uh, he was talking about uh, when he was manager of Spurs, he was saying that uh, some players did all they could, going to him saying, can you try me, trying to, to get me out of playing international football? So players who, who didn't want to play for their country, which has angered Ian Wright. Well, Ian Wright on the front... But get this right. This is, this is... I was laughing at this because it's so ridiculous. Ian Wright on the... Uh, and bearing in mind, Ian Wright's probably very angry at the moment. His family have been through a horrific ordeal, so he's probably not thinking clearly. He's, he's, he's very bitter with the world. So and he's obviously someone who was very proud to play for his uh, country. Yeah, passionate man. It yeah. says, uh, Ian Wright says, quote, the next young player who says he does not want, this is on the front page of the Sun, the next young player who says he does not want to play for England should be ordered to ring the parents of a soldier who has died serving his country in Afghanistan and tell them his reasons. So, yeah. he's drawing a comparison between football... And war. I think I know which one's a little bit more important. Can you imagine that family picking up the phone? Yeah. Sorry, you want to tell me what? What, now? You're bringing football into this now? My son's just been killed in Afghanistan. What, what, you're insensitive. It's ridiculous. Uh, he said, I, I, listen, I don't get why people are getting so upset about this. Yeah, sure, it's an honour to play for your, your country and stuff, but you don't get paid. Yep. You get a few perks, but you don't get paid. Uh, and it's taken up your spare time. I get annoyed when the boss here says, Ian, we're doing something for comic relief. Do you <gasps> fa- and I think, oh, flipping heck, It's for the really? children, Ian. Have some soul. It's for the kids out there. Yeah, I know, I know, but it's my spare time. I'll write a cheque. Let me write a cheque. I'll do that. It's my spare time. I don't necessarily get... So I don't have a problem with these footballers who don't want to play for England. What do you reckon, Kat? I think it's a little churlish. <coughs> Why? Because it should be a great honour. And do you know what? If you don't want it, they don't deserve it. Well, then they shouldn't they have should it be then. Named and shamed. Right, if they don't want, they should be named and shamed. If they, if they don't, they should be named and shamed. Stop now. If they don't want it, they don't deserve it. Well, then don't let them have it. They don't want it. Everyone's a winner. Gosh, imagine all those little boys growing up and they think, oh, I want to play for my country, and they don't realise it. Apparently, it's a massive hassle. Justin, now when I mentioned this to you, I thought you were going to get all angry. No, but you, not you at came all. up with a surprising response. I thought. No, do you know what? I have to say, if somebody doesn't want to play for England, I would actually respect that person a lot more to come out and explain the reasons why they wouldn't want to play for England. Because to give you an example here, Ashley Cole. Okay, well, yeah. he's got 107 caps for England. He's played at three World Cups. The best left back in the world for many many years i remember one game when whenever he touched the ball he got booed he got booed he got abused by thousands of people he wasn't getting paid for that is that because he he cheated on cheryl cole yeah but what's that got to do with football well you know you think you go back to what the 1990s john barnes when he was touching the ball he was getting booed yeah but it's an entertainment as well as a sport isn't it people go in there to have a bit of a go multi-millionaires if you're being paid that much just take it lad but they're not being paid for england that's generally that's why they're in that position they, they don't need the hassle. You know, play 
players like uh, Ashley Cole when he was at Chelsea, uh, absolutely adored there by the supporters. When he plays for England, people absolutely hate him. You are getting abused, not only on the pitch, but on social media, and you're not getting paid a penny. Personally, I don't think it's worth the hassle. I right. really don't. Let's put this out there. Uh, you go out on the... You, you pound the streets this mm. morning, please, Justin. We'll put this out on the phones. Is, is Ian right, 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 right? <laughs> Or is he wrong, wrong, wrong? To, is, are you upset, dear listener, that some players don't want to play for England? Does it make you angry? Can you understand why they don't want to play? Because I've got no... If people don't want to do something, I, I've really got a strong belief, if people don't want to do something, then they shouldn't have to do it. It's sad, though, isn't it, when it's not, it's no. not an honour anymore? Is no. it really an honour, though, to, to, to play for your country and just be abused? That's not an honour, surely. But you also, uh, you say... It's, you say you, and the thing is, you really do get a cap, don't you? Yeah, you do. That's the mad thing. They pay your hotel bill. <laughs> get a trip to Brazil. But, but the thing is, Catherine, what, why, why does it make you sad? Why is it sad? I think it's sad that it's not... It's not a, why? Well, when you look at... At some of those other nations when they're singing their national anthems, yeah. playing in the World Cup, tears in their eyes. It's the oh, pinnacle of their careers. They are sake. passionate, they are proud, and they're doing something that's a once-in-a-lifetime for them, maybe. Listen, listen, we don't live in North Korea. We're not in the North Korean football team. I think Are they through to the last 16, Justin? I'm not uh, even following I'm not it. not totally sure. We're not North Korea, where you, uh, you literally have men stood around the football pitch with guns aimed at you, forcing <sighs> you to play. No, it sounds like they sound like flipping churlish teenagers who've been dragged out of bed. Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five. Kells, you got quite annoyed about this earlier on, didn't you? You you surprised me. You were passionate about something. Thanks, mate. You're welcome. Uh, do, <laughs> do you want to tell us your point? I just feel that um, yeah, of course they should play for it. If you're good at something and 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 it can help benefit the country, then why not do it? Do you think that footballers who refuse to play for England are using their powers for evil instead of good? Yes. Okay, we cleared that. Justin, go and speak to the people of uh, Luton, probably, and uh, find out what they have to say, please. Yes, boss. We'll speak to you in a little bit. Ta-ta, 08459 455 555. Is there a chance to inspire a generation? No, forget it. What, to play football? Flip it. Why don't we get... get, um, I'm a genius. Oh, here we go. I'm a genius, right? Our heroes are the wrong people. Football players... Big Brother stars, yes, even me. I'm a hero to many of the youth today Hmm. because because I called a woman a swear word on television on Saturday night. Right, nothing to be proud of. This is what we need. We need to have the the real heroes inside ourselves. And search for it. Yeah. This is what we need. And this is true. the hero you'll find. This is true. This is genius, Okay. Right. Forget the World Cup. Then you find the key to your life. I'm actually going to make a really serious good point. Go on then. Is it going to involve them people? They can be. They can turn up if they want, and watch. Forget the World Cup, forget the Olympics, forget the Commonwealth Games, forget Big Brother. Okay, not forget Big Brother because that feeds my children. But every four years, we have a Science Olympics, where scientists, the best scientists from around the world, compete to find, I don't know, a cure for AIDS, a cure for cancer. I think they're doing it anyway. You don't need to just do it once every four years. No, exactly, exactly. But they need to do it under the gaze of the public eye so that we look up to them as heroes. Oh, my God, Brazil have just found a cure for AIDS! Can I just say to you, great idea. Yeah? Great idea, not knocking the idea. Yeah? I think there's a nugget in there. Yeah? Maybe needs development. Could be a bit of a slow watch. Oh, my God! The Mexico have found a cure for dementia! That would be awesome. I think it's a great idea. Isn't it a br- genuinely a brilliant idea? It sounds like I'm being flippant. I'm not. This is genuinely a great idea. Yes, it needs a little bit of honing. I mean, it's going to take a while. Yeah. 
So we do the for a lot. A we lot do of the it. common. We do the Commonwealth nursing games. It's nurses. Oh my goodness! Look at Jamaica. I think they're in the Commonwealth. I'm not sure. Yeah. Look at Jamaica. Look at the way they cleaned that lady uh, and changed her clothes. That's a ma- New Zealand. The way they cleared up that mess and gave that old man his medication. Fantastic. That way, our kids look up to them as heroes. Yes. Yes. High five, Kels. Tish. You can't argue with it because it's actually brilliant. Well, the other flip side of that actually is brilliant. Isn't isn't it? brilliant. That you've got the being ill Olympics running alongside it. We'd win at that because the person in the bed is also competing with the other patients. It needs honing. Oh, but I'm right. This is genuine. I'm flipping onto something. Or, yeah. like what you said, yeah. except you film bits of their progress throughout the year, and then when we watch it, we only watch the best bits. Yeah, because yeah. otherwise it's going it to be slow. Otherwise it would, you know. OK, well, there's, there, listen, there's something in this. Oh, wait, four, five, nine, four, double, five, five, double, five. I've got excited. I've come up with a good idea. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. On the speed sensors in Luton, Birdsfoot Lane looking very heavy as you head towards the A6. And then the M1 London bound looking heavy between Junction 11 for Dunstable and 9 for Redbourne. The M25 anti-clockwise heavy between Junction 21 for the M1 and 19 for Watford. I'm Alice Glossop, BBC Three Counties Radio. Alice, thank you very much. So yes, we should have... Events that, that actually promote real heroes, fire men and women, doctors, nurses. But also, are you upset that some players don't want to play for England? Really? Local and vocal across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. It's seven o'clock, I'm Simon Oxley. The headlines, Yarlswood bosses to be quizzed by MPs, Beds and Milton Keynes health review criticised and call for tougher sentences for dog thieves. BBC Three Counties Radio. A whistleblower has told the BBC that many services at the Yarlswood Immigration Centre in Bedfordshire are not fit for purpose. Bosses from Serco who run Yarlswood are due to appear before the Home Affairs Select Committee this afternoon. Noel Finn, a former mental health nurse, claims staff behaved inappropriately towards female detainees and any complaints were written off as an attempt to delay deportation. I think that the unit should be closed. It's not actually providing what it needs to provide. Um, people stay there too long. Most of them don't get removed. They get, some of them go back into the community. Some of them get the, um, deported, but most of them are staying there just contained. So in that sense, the way it's in its, in its form now, the way it's presented now, it's not, it's not fit for purpose in that sense. A leading doctor has described a review of NHS services in Bedfordshire and Milton Keynes as market lunacy. Dr Mark Porter from the British Medical Association says managers wrote to over 500 possible providers, including an American provider offering faith-based healthcare. In a statement, the Bedfordshire and Milton Keynes Clinical Commissioning Groups say they must be prepared to talk to a range of organisations in and outside the NHS. 
Harbinger Fire Service has defended the call-out to striking firefighters during a blaze in Welling Garden City. A man died later in hospital after Saturday's fire in Heronswood Road, just 400 yards from the nearest station. Deputy Fire Chief for Hearts, John Mills, says they were right to put out a call on the emergency pages. We've got an agreement with the Fire Brigade Union that we'd only ever use that alert system in extreme circumstances. And I think given what I've just said there, about 28 emergency 999 calls coming in from different members of the public, indicating that we had a number of children trapped within that property, I think it's absolutely reasonable that we try to alert the, the nearest crew to support the resilience crews to deal with this fire. Extremists in Iraq are reported to have seized control of the country's biggest oil refinery after a 10-day battle. Meanwhile, the father of one of three British teenagers from Coventry who are believed to be fighting with ISIS militants in Syria has accused an imam in the city of brainwashing them. Animal welfare groups are calling for prison sentences of up to five years for people who steal dogs and other pets. They claim most dog thieves end up with cautions, fines or community service. Pensioner Jessie Black from Luton, who had her dog stolen this month, backs the call. I think it's good. Yes, I mean, theft, isn't it? So, I mean, a dog is like as if you pinched a child. You know what I mean? It's part of the family. And I want to press charges against him. In sport, England manager Roy Hodgson has made nine changes for this afternoon's final World Cup game against Costa Rica. Kickoff is at five o'clock. Hosts Brazil beat Cameroon 4-1 last night and will face Chile in the last 16. Holland will face Mexico, who beat Croatia 3-1. The weather, sunny intervals and scattered showers, a maximum temperature 21 degrees Celsius. And you can get the latest news and sport online at bbc.co.uk slash three counties. BBC Three Counties Radio's big tour of beds, hearts and bucks. It's a small village so that everybody knows everybody else, more or less. It's all about where you live. It's friendly, there's still a lot of community spirit here. And all this week we're featuring Wellin and Digswell. The quiet sort of feel of it, the fact that it still feels nice and sort of local even though we're close to big towns. The big tour of beds, hearts and bucks. BBC Three Counties Radio. This is Ian Lee, BBC Three Counties Radio, getting a lot of uh, feedback about the interview with uh, Teabags and her dog Millie. Uh, Stu says, what was the outcome of the stolen dog? Did the police take any action? I don't know. I forgot to ask. I forgot to ask. We may get her back to finish the story at some point. And Martin says, I love the Teabags interview. Employ her as a presenter. Oh, Martin. Oh, Martin, if only you knew how hard we'd tried to get a show like that on this station. Rebuffed. Rebuffed. Lots coming up in the next hour of the show, including whistleblowing, a bit more and dog napping. And are you as upset as Ian Wright is that some football players don't want to play for England? Surely it's up to them, isn't it? If someone asks you to do something and you don't fancy it, you're allowed to say no. Or do you think it's shocking, outrageous, disgraceful facebook.com forward slash bbc 3cr send me a text 81333 start your text 3cr or you can give me a call that's the best way 08459 455555 Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio Yeah, some people are really um, really upset that some football players don't want to play for England. Let me just read this quote from Ian Wright again. Obviously, Ian Wright is very upset. He's been through a tough time recently with his uh, 
family being threatened, but still... Ian Wright says on the front page of The Sun, the next young player who says he does not want to play for England should be ordered to ring the parents of a soldier who has died serving his country in Afghanistan and tell them his reasons. Now, that sounds a a little extreme to me that uh, he would think that. He's, he's written a whole article. I'll, I'll have a look at the article a bit later on and, uh, and get some bits and pieces uh, from that. Kath? I'm getting personal texts. Oh, go on. Need the end of the story, but got to go to work. Which story? The, the, the teabag. Tea what, what, what's the end? What, whether the police took action or not? No, she got her back. She Send. got the dog back. Do we, do we need to get teabags back on to find out if the police took action? Perhaps we should a bit later on in the show. We've got spare... Half an hour, <laughs> yes, we'll, we'll see. 08459 555. Are you as offended by, uh, as Ian Wright is, that some f- football players don't want to play for England? Now, here's another story, perhaps slightly more important, I would think. A whistleblower has told the BBC that many services at the Yarlswood Immigration Removal Centre in Bedfordshire are not fit for purpose. Noel Finn, a former mental health nurse, claims that staff touched detainees inappropriately and that inmates with problems were written off as attempting to delay their deportation. Bosses from Circo, who run Yarlswood, are due to appear before the Home Affairs Select Committee this afternoon to respond to the allegations. Well, here's what former detainee Celia claims happened to her. There was one guard. Um, he came to my room and he touched me inappropriately. And uh, I pushed him away and he left. But I later find out that he was actually sleeping around with other women. Well, listening to that is Crystal Amis from the Black Women's Rape Action Project, who've helped the BBC with their investigation into Yarlswood. Crystal, is this story we've heard from Celia typical of, of what people are claiming goes on at Yarlswood? Yes, it is, unfortunately. I mean, last year, I think you alluded to two women who went public about the sexual abuse that they suffered were both accused of lying and threatened with deportation. Some 70% of the women who contact us from detention are survivors of rape and other torture, and they say you know, detention is like a second torture. Uh, and the, you know, for these very reasons, and the way in which the guards seem to be able to act as though there's a climate of impunity for rapists and abusers. In the first 12 months of this year, 112 were on suicide watch. Is that, is that in Yarlswood specifically? It's or in, in Yarlswood specifically. 112 and, women were on suicide watch? Well, some of them would have been also probably from the family unit where it could be right. um, younger women. OK. But there are women coming forward since that, you know, to say that sexual abuse is rampant and that the guards are, are, are sexual predators. They enter the room when they know women are naked or dressing. Crystal, we've heard, we've covered a few of these stories mm-hmm. on this show and on this station. Indeed. We've also heard... Um, rumours that we've been uh, we've looked into and we've been uh, unable to substantiate this. So, so th- these these stories have been around for a long time about Yarlswood. How has it managed to go on for so long? Well, as I said, there is a, there appears to be a climate of impunity. I mean, it's it's very bad in that so many women have been on hunger strikes. I mean, since two thousand and five, when. GLS that are now G4 ran Yarlswood, women were protesting against the guards barging into their rooms. And we said that this would be a recipe for rape. I mean, strip searching of women on the suicide watch in the name of protecting them is actually being used to sexually humiliate women. That's what they describe. And the hunger strikes show at least a four since, since we've been working with women there, at least four major hunger strikes. So it has to be bad for women to go to take that really drastic step. How is it 
Uh, I mean, obviously, the, the, the women, I would imagine, are, are scared to come forward. Mm-hmm. But th- there must be a huge flaw in the management system if, if this is going on unnoticed and, and, and people aren't being punished. Well, it's not going on unnoticed. What's, what's happening really is a, a, a systematic cover-up. I mean, The Guardian um, tried very hard, in fact, to, to get, break that cover-up. They had to drag Serco uh, to court... Uh, to get a, a, an internal report that documented the, the really scandalous way in which Serco um, had investigated the allegations of one woman. So it's clear that, there's, that that's, that's the policy, cover up rather than uh, come clean about what's going on as serious accusations and allegations are being made. And oh, a while ago. To be investigated. A while ago on this show, we spoke to the now former director of Yarlswood, John Tolland, who said he was proud of the treatment of detainees. How can anybody be proud? when women come forward in such numbers to say this is what's going on. And they are risking, I mean, it's a courageous thing to be a whistleblower. Indeed, we you know, we really thank the whistleblower that came forward from, uh, you know, this, the former Serco employee. We're absolutely dependent on, on people to corroborate what women are saying because they are in the most vulnerable situation. They can be literally deported as the very evidence of what is going on inside. And who's to know? Many times people do not even know that um, women are in detention. So it's a very easy way to cover up. And frankly, I don't know what's to be proud about covering, covering such serious and, 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 you know, damaging situations up for very, very vulnerable women and, and their families. Crystal, I really appreciate your time this morning. Let's hope the uh, affairs, Home Affairs Select Committee um, gets to the bottom of this. That's Crystal Amis. I'm also joined by Dr Naomi Hartree, a clinical advisor for the charity Medical Justice, which seeks basic rights for detainees. Good morning, Doctor. What are your concerns about Yarlswood? Good morning. My main concerns are the inadequacy of medical care that we see in many cases for the detainees. And... Um, we're, we're seeing a huge gap between the medical and the psychiatric care needed by the women and what they're actually getting. What needs to change? We need a, a different culture in the detention centre healthcare. At the moment, we do seem to have a culture where, like Crystal from... Um, your earlier caller mm. said that if people present with health problems, they're often thought to be talking, to be manipulating the situation so that they can. They're not believed, their, are they? Their flight out of the UK. Yeah. Uh, in a statement, Serco uh, say that they reject claims there is a culture of disbelief regarding residents' healthcare concerns. What do you think about that statement? I think that there is a culture of disbelief and that um, my view comes from medical records of detainees that I have um, seen myself Mm. or assessed over the telephone or that my colleagues have seen and assessed where where I have seen their medical reports and their medical findings. And I'm not saying that there's a culture of disbelief in every case, Mm. but we have seen a lot of women present with very serious symptoms, especially very serious mental health symptoms, where 
the initial reaction to those symptoms seems to be that this is a manipulation rather than a presentation of um, real illness. And it seems to take an inordinately long time for the seriousness and the mental health symptoms to really be recognised and treated in many cases, in many cases that we have seen anyway. Mm. Obviously, medical justice will tend to get involved with the detainees who feel they need help and who feel they're not getting adequate adequate medical care because that's our remit and so presumably people who are happy with the medical care would not be contacting us but um, having said that we do see a very large number of cases where people have detainees have been presenting with quite severe symptoms and have been seen by healthcare staff but the symptoms are either not um, taken seriously enough or even if they are, even if the symptoms are recognised, there are um, big gaps between what's needed and the care they're actually getting. Uh, Doctor, I really appreciate your time this morning. Dr Naomi Hartree, uh, we of course did ask Serco to come on the programme this morning to respond to the allegations. We were told that no one would be available before the company's appearance in front of the Home Affairs Select Committee this afternoon. Well, I'm assuming that means they'll be free to come on tomorrow then, will they? If they're, if they're saying they can't come on today because they haven't got time, then... We'll give them a try. They'll be free to come on tomorrow, I would have thought, unless they're recovering from their uh, appearance. Uh, in a statement, they said, Sexual contact between residents and staff is always completely unacceptable. We view any complaint of this type of behaviour uh, seriously. And Michael in Bedford has just texted in, Surely any person at Serco should have immediate access to the police like anyone else. When anyone else is being assaulted, they are free to call the police, so why not Serco detainees? <laughs> Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five. It's BBC Three Counties Radio seven fifteen. Let's get the travel with Alice. Travel news for beds, cards, and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. The A1M southbound, heavy going around Junction 7 for Stevenage and also on the sensors in Hatfield. The A414 looking very slow as you approach the A1M at Junction 4. The M1 London bound, slow going between Junction 11 for Dunstable Road and 9 for Redbourne. Also got some delays on the M25 anti-clockwise, very heavy between Junction 21 for the M1 and 20 for Kings Langley. Also struggling between Junction 18 for Chorleywood and 16 for the M40. Public transport has no reported problems. I'm Alice Glossop, BBC Three Counties Radio. Are you, Alice? 7.16, it's Tuesday the 24th of June. I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. A whistleblower has told the BBC that many services at the Yarlswood Immigration Centre in Bedfordshire are not fit for purpose. Bosses from Serco who run Yarlswood are due to appear before MPs this afternoon. A leading doctor has described a review of NHS services in Bedfordshire and Milton Keynes as market lunacy, with services touted to private bidders. And in sport, England manager Roy Hodgson has made nine changes for this afternoon's final World Cup game that doesn't count for anything. BBC Three Counties Radio. Three Counties Radio's big tour of beds, hearts and bucks. A beautiful old village with a real community spirit. And all this week we're featuring Wellin and Digswell. It's a bit like Trumpton, the way it was. Inviting everyone to where you live. You can get out into the countryside and go walking, cycling, whatever. There's plenty going on. You've got everything you're likely to want 
cafes, restaurants. If you've got a story everyone should hear about, let us tell them about it. Quiet country living in a really convenient location. It really is a great little place to live. The big tour of beds, hearts and bucks from BBC Three Counties Radio. So, uh, Ian Wright really has gone off on a rant, rant, rant. Uh, about these England, th- these football players who don't want to play for England in the sun. The next young player who does, says he does not want to play for England should be ordered to ring the parents of a soldier who has died serving his country in Afghanistan and tell them his reasons. Uh, why? Why? What's that got to do with anything? Are you comparing football and war? Ian Wright, I, I don't want to call you a muppet, but that's a ridiculous thing to say. I fi- he goes on, I find it shocking anyone should want to turn their back on the chance to play for England. It's something I will never understand. Um, uh, they sh- these players should have the guts to come out in public say, I don't want to represent my country and this is why. I'm sure it would still make my blood boil, but at least they wouldn't be hiding behind someone else's back. Well, why should they have to come out and do that, Ian, right? Just because you want them to come out and do it. I don't get what your problem is. I don't get your beef, right? They should be proud. But if they don't want to convince them, it's a good idea. Okay, but if they don't want to do it, then they shouldn't have to do it. And if they don't want to do it, then they're not the right people to do it. You don't understand because you weren't one of those little boys who used to play at being an England footballer. But, but that's it, it, that's irrelevant. If they don't want to do it, then they are obviously not the right players that, for the job. Ungrateful. But, but, but why? Why? Why is it's it ungrateful? Come, it's all come a bit too easy for them. Why don't you? Want, why won't they want to play for their team though? For their country, I don't understand. Sorry? A bit too much hassle, apparently. Wow. Whereas you look at the fire in the eyes of some of the foreign players. But if they have, but you're missing the point, Catherine. If they don't want to do it, then they won't have that fire, so they're the wrong well, choice. Exactly. 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 They're the wrong choice. But we need to have a look at why they don't want to play. Wait, maybe they don't fancy it? Yeah. Maybe they don't want the pressure? Wow. Do you want more pressure in your life? Do you? Um, if I was at the top of my game, it would be an honour to represent my country. I've been at the top of my game. The pressure was too much. That's why I'm here. Guys? Guys? Is this Beulah? about you now? Is this about you now? <laughs> no. But, but it, listen... Don't you see what I mean? No, It used don't. to be that playing for England was the biggest honour a footballer could have. These days, they take it or leave it. What's that? I... I don't, I, if they I, don't want to play in their country, then they shouldn't be here. Sorry? Yeah, that's right. Said no, it. but they want to play in their country. No, you know what I'm saying, for their country. But they want, to play, they want to play club football, and that's great, that's fantastic, that's their job. They don't want to go off on a team bonding month in Brazil, which is, which is also acceptable. Because they're doing it for the money. This isn't communist it. China. People are not made to do things against their will. No, but they do things because they want to do things. But it's weird that they don't want to do it anymore. And I know there's a lot of pressure, and I know that the hope, you know, the hopes of a nation are behind you. Of course, you're going to get flack if you don't if you don't step up to it. But going in like a surly teenager because you can't be bothered because you're not getting paid for it. But you don't know that's me? you don't know that's their reason. They get a load of perks on it. They get a load of perks. They get free hotel. They get first class travel. They get they get perks. Okay, so okay? what is it then? It's too much hassle. Maybe they just don't want to do it. What about the honour? You've been asked to do stuff before that you don't want to do. Yeah, but usually because no one else wants to do it either. Mm. Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five. I don't see why everyone's getting so upset about this. If people don't want to play for England, then surely they shouldn't have to play for England. Who was that on the phone? Who was Sam. that? Sam. Huh? Sam. Which Sam? 
Other Sam. Right, what, what does Sam want? I'll tell you later. Oh, blah. Are we in trouble? Uh, oh, for goodness sakes. 08459 455 555 is the phone number. I really don't see what the beef is. Are you upset? Are you angry with football players who don't want to play for their country? Should all football players who are good enough be forced to play for their country? 08459 455 555. Now, animal welfare groups and a group of MPs are calling for prison sentences of up to five years for people who steal dogs and other pets. While general theft carries a maximum sentence of seven years, pet groups claim most dog thieves end up with cautions, fines or community service. Well, earlier on, we spoke to Jessie Black, teabag from Luton. She had her pet dog, Millie, stolen. She welcomes the move. I think it's good, yes. Well, I mean, theft, isn't it? So, I mean, a dog is like as if you pinched a child. You know what I mean? It's part of the family, isn't it? Let's be truthful. So um, he took my dog, so he should go to get prison. And I want to press charges against him because after all, he made my life, as you can see, I'm disabled, I've had two knee replacements, I've got a pacemaker, and um, she's my baby as far as I'm concerned. Ah, good old teabag. That's the woman, by the way, not the dog. The dog's called Millie. We're joined now by MP Neil Parrish, who's chairman of the Associate Parliamentary Group for Animal Welfare. Morning, Neil. Good morning. Neil, Good morning. you've written to the Home Office about this, haven't you? What did you say? Yeah, just very much the, the case that, that, that um, T-Bag is making, really, is the fact that this is very much a, a dog or a cat is very much part of the family, and we should treat this much more seriously than, than just perhaps stealing a, a computer or, or stealing something, you know, from, from somebody's home. It's bad enough to be have anything stolen but a, a pet is part of the family and something that should be taken more seriously and we we just don't i just don't feel and many of us don't feel at the moment it's been taken seriously enough and we've got to send the right message to to the criminal element because some some of the criminal element don't only steal dogs some of them try and ransom the dogs there is quite a you know there is quite a lot of dog theft going on now um which we really want to try and stamp out how much dog theft and dog napping is there going on? Is it a big problem? Yeah, yes, it sort of seems to have gone up sort of two or three fold um, and um, really is starting to become a real problem and especially naturally for the individuals who, who lose their dog. I mean, we've, we've got a dog. Um, he's now sitting, he comes up to London with us. He's now sitting on the sofa here. Um, now, he, you know, I'd be absolutely devastated we would if somebody stole that one. And so it's a case, really, of making sure that, that, that the government takes it seriously and also police uh, and also the court send out the right message that, that stealing a dog or a cat is really like stealing somebody from the family. When we were speaking to Teabag earlier on, she uh, said that the police initially weren't that bothered. She phoned them up on a Tuesday and they said they'd pop round and see her on a Saturday. She went in and eventually they went round, uh, took her round to the property. But it, 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 am I right that the police don't take this kind of thing that seriously? Well, I think it depends a little bit on, on individual policemen and the, the authorities. I mean, naturally, police authorities, I mean, naturally they are very busy, but I think you know, it is a case where, like, like I was saying, it's not like somebody's stealing a lawnmower 
car from out of your garage or or whatever this this is part of your family this is what you rely on um this lady very much naturally was this is disabled i mean she really does really want and need her her dog um something like that is, is really very very bad and i think this is the type of thing that we have to sort of get not only our police force but our courts and, and even government to actually take very seriously when you when you uh, contacted the home office what response did you get from them well i'm still awaiting wow. reply in fact i will i will chase them up again now Good. um because like i said we'll if we can't you know we, i might consider um a westminster hall debate also might consider it a, a private members bill but of course that takes an awful long time so i'd be much rather if the government took it on really and took it on very seriously well neil let us know how you get with that and i say this i say what i say to every dog owner get rid of your dog and get a cat neil for goodness sakes cats <laughs> cats are where it's at we we have a cat also, Good. but he, he doesn't necessarily come to London with us uh-huh. and go, go back to, to Devon. Well, good uh, for you then, Neil. Listen, thank you very much indeed, uh, MP Neil Parrish. He's in Devon at the moment. I fancy, oh, fancy a weekend in Devon. I fancy a weekend in Devon. Uh, chairman of the Associate Parliamentary Group for Animal Welfare. And he's right. I know there'll be some of you going, oh, for goodness sake. Oh, for goodness sakes. It's just dogs. It's just cats. But it's, they're not. They're not. They're part of the family. Have you got your cat yet, Kath? No. Why? Don't want one. Please. No, I've got enough people making a mess in my house without Please. a cat. Please. No, no, no. Please. What was that? What? Nothing. Please. Can you hear a... Please. I can't hear yeah. anything. I can just hear a please machine. Yeah. Cats don't make a mess in the house. They do. They don't. They make a mess in your neighbour's garden, which makes you really popular. Oh, forget those losers. They're your neighbours. No, no, no. No animals. Got enough funny smells. It's your birthday coming up soon. <laughs> yeah. If I came in with a kitten in uh, a plastic bag, you Whoa. would... What? Don't do that. Put, I'll put holes in it. Uh, you wouldn't be able to say no. You would not be able to say no. She's pulling the face. I wouldn't be able to say no, so please don't do it. I can't have yes. one. I'm going to give you one. You better not. Oh. You better not. You had better <gasps> not. I'm going to give you one for your birthday. I've got another idea. Yeah, go on. One day, can you hear me? Yeah, 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 of course I can. I just check because I don't want Kath to hear me. She can hear you. She's, you're, you're speaking. We should come in dressed as cats. I've got lots of cat ears and tails. I, um, and then we'll crawl about and just say, please. Can meow. I ask you not to do that? Please. Can I ask you not to dress as a cat? Meow. No, because it, it does something. Do you know what I mean? Meow. Yeah, Kelly? Yes. Don't dress as a cat. Okay. It triggers a reflex. I sniff your eyeballs. <laughs> oh, don't tease me like that. Catherine, it's your birthday coming up. Keep your fingers crossed. You might get uh, a barely conscious cat in a plastic bag. <laughs> Dreams can come true. 08459 455 555 is the telephone number should you wish to give us a call this morning. Is there anybody out there who thinks that if you're a decent football player and you're chosen for England, you should do it? You should go, yes, sir. Me, sir. Please, sir. They get a load of flack, they get a load of stress, they don't get paid, they get written about in the papers. They don't need that hassle. Selfish, selfish, selfish. Sorry? That's all I'm hearing. What about what I want? What about your country? What's it going to do with what you want? What's it going to do... I, I, I t- all right, let's have this out. This is, the, this is the beef I've got, right? Go on. This whole... Oh, I'm proud to be British. No. Oh, you should be proud to represent your country. Yes. Why? 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 
Why? Why should you be proud to represent your country? Why? Because it's recognition that you are the very best the country has to offer. See it as an honour. Why should you... you Why? All it is is running round after a ball for everyone to say. We're not asking you to shoot anyone. Well, 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 come on and play. Now, that would be a football game I'd watch. That would be a football game Go I'd watch. So the reason they don't want to play is because the hassle they get, is that why? I don't know. So maybe uh, us, like you and I, need to lay off them a little bit. And I'm not laying on them. I'm, I'm, be proud of. I'm not laying on them. Get off them. I'm not going to get off with a football player again. Off the floor, get off Lampard and, do, and sit back on your chair. Wow, you nearly made that sentence work and then you ran out of steam right at the very end. Good effort, Kells. 08459 455 555. <laughs> Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. The M25 anti-clockwise, very slow between Junction 21 for the M1 and 20 for Kings Langley. Also looking really slow now between Junction 18 for Chorleywood and 16 for the M40 with queues in places. On the speed sensors in Kings Langley, the A41 is queuing as you head towards the M25. And also the A1M southbound still looking really heavy around Junction 7 for Stevenage. Public transport has no reported problems. I'm Alice Glossop, BBC Three Counties Radio. Across beds, hearts and bugs. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. It's 7.30, I'm Simon Oxley. A whistleblower has told the BBC the many services at the Yarlswood Immigration Centre in Bedfordshire are not fit for purpose. Bosses from Serco, who run Yarlswood, are due to appear before MPs this afternoon. A leading doctor has described a review of NHS services in Bedfordshire and Milton Keynes as market lunacy, with services touted to private bidders. Officials say they must talk to a range of organisations. And Buckingham University has the safest campus in the UK, according to figures out today with a crime rate of just over seven incidents per 1,000 residents. Three Counties Sports. BBC Three Counties Radio. England manager Roy Hodgson has made nine changes for this afternoon's final World Cup game against Costa Rica, who will rest players themselves, having already gone through. Only Gary Cahill and Daniel Sturridge remain from the team which lost to Uruguay. Frank Lampard will captain the side. This game is here for us to show as I said before, the pride of, of wearing an England shirt. It would be very easy to go and roll over and say this hasn't been our tournament, let's go home with three defeats. Kickoff is at five o'clock. Also at five, it's Italy versus Uruguay for the right to join Costa Rica in the last 16. Last night, hosts Brazil beat Cameroon 4-1 and will face Chile in the last 16. Holland will face Mexico, who beat Croatia 3-1. Milton Keynes-Dons assistant manager Richie Barker says the club has received no formal bids as yet for Deli Alley. The 18-year-old midfielder has been linked to a number of top Premier League clubs. Barker hopes Ali will stay next season. The club certainly must be doing something right. We hopefully will be able to hold on to him because of how an important player he is, but mm. it's not. And, and it's not going to be the case and hopefully it'll be something that will move the football club forward financially. England's cricketers are facing almost certain defeat by Sri Lanka they will start the final day at Headingley on 57 for 5 needing 350 to win Geoffrey Boycott says captain Alistair Cook is in the spotlight. We thought the nightmare of Australia was over but it's still here let me tell you 
it is still here I don't know where we go and we're going to lose to be amazed if we don't the captain's in terrible form it's a recipe for resignation I don't know if he will but it is in the minor counties championship at High Wycombe Buckinghamshire start the final day on 71 without loss in their second innings needing an unlikely 525 to beat Cambridgeshire and Rafael Nadal Roger Federer and Serena Williams are among those in action on day two at Wimbledon BBC Three Counties News and Sport the next full bulletin is at eight Call 08459 We'll speak to Dealey in a bit. He's been out on the street asking whether you're uh, upset that some football players don't want to play for their country. Brigitte from Bedford says, English footballers not wanting to play for their country when called up should be ashamed of themselves. Selves. They are quite happy to be paid obscene amounts of money to play in the Premiership, but shirk playing for England. They should consider that an honour and a privilege, and I, for one, am ashamed of them for having such little respect for their country and the beautiful game. Granted, we've not done well in the World Cup, but the Euros are only two years away. Keep the faith, folks! But then Ken's emailed in with a different opinion. I agree with you, Ian. If playing for England is such an honour, why does our media heap such abuse on the manager and the team? It isn't just based on their results. They mock Roy Hodgson's appearance and slight speech impediment. If a player makes a single mistake that determines a competition, such as missing a penalty, then the media can still be mocking them a decade later. The media and maybe the public need to get their attitude straight first. I don't get it. I don't get why Ian Wright and why Tony Parsons and why The Sun and why Kelly Bett and why Catherine Boyle are so upset that some British football players, English football players, don't want to play for England. That's their choice. I don't get it. I don't get the pride. You should do it for the pride of your country. Why? 08459 455 555. Peter's in Warmer Green. Morning, Peter. Good morning. What do you want to have a whinge about today, mate? I was going to say precisely what you said, actually. Oh, go on. Because really and truly... You won't get the best out of a player if he doesn't really want to play for you, really. Yeah. But you don't need star players to make a good team. And we keep hearing all the time that they, with this, we haven't got the star players, we haven't got this, we haven't got that. To make a good team, you've got to have good players. You don't have to have star players, but you've got to have people who gel as a team. Now, if you look at, look at a little... Costa Rica or places, or Chile even. Mm. When you look at these countries, they, they go in there and they give maximum effort. They close people down very tightly so the other team can't play their, their normal game. Getting a little bit technical we now. We stand off. Yeah. So you, you don't need star players. You need a team who can pass the ball. Do you think it's disgraceful, Peter, that some players, they, they get called up for England and they go, no, no thanks, don't fancy it. Is that look, disgraceful? Look, if, we, if, we, if you've got people, the whole team literally are all millionaires, cosseted, overeating mostly, really, yeah. and uh, they're not going to be, they're not going to be able to put in the amount of effort. I know they train hard, but they're not going to be able to have a really, really hungry footballer from hungry. a, a poor country. Peter, stay there. Dennis in Dunstable, you must agree with what me and Peter are saying. Dennis? Yes. Hello? Good morning. Yes. Uh, shall I ask the question again? Why? Well, you didn't respond. 
What question did you ask? I was li- I was listening to something else actually. Okay, <laughs> well, so so how rude, Peter, isn't it? <laughs> no, I find that, I find that quite funny. Actually. What do you mean quite? Fu- I find that quite. I find that quite rude, and that quite rude. Right. <laughs> I'll ask the question again then. Dennis, you must agree with what Peter and I are saying. No, I think the trouble with this lot is, first of all, I'm not a football fan, so to me, I couldn't care less what they do. Apart from that, they're frightened of being beaten internationally. That's the problem with this lot. We haven't got decent players. Look at the number of foreign players that have to come into our system to make the, the game reasonable. We, we don't train youngsters to do the job properly. We, shouldn't, we should have completely league, completely English players, or British players, if you like. Then don't be so, don't be so ridiculous. In the world. Don't be so ridiculous. What a ridiculous thing to suggest. Why? What, we, 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 we limit the nationality? We only have English players playing in the English leagues? Because we... What a ridiculous suggestion, Dennis. No, I'm sorry. Absolute be, nonsense. That's no, I don't the, like football. The but do you think game no, is not the beautiful game I anymore. don't like football, but do you think people are going to go and pay... There aren't enough good English players to make up the leagues. You'll totally damage the game. You'll damage the football uh, reputation in, in Europe and the rest of the world. It'll be ridiculous. God, I got more fun kicking it around the street. Do you think it's shameful that some English players don't want to play for their country? No, I don't think it's shameful. I think it's cowardism. Cowardism? Yes. Cowardism? Yes, because they've been beaten. Cowardism? Yes. Cowardism? So if, it, if it's not English, they're cowards. Cowardism? Yes. Cowardism? Yes. I'm, cowardism? I'm just listening to this debate, and I find it extremely strange, really. What, cowardism? We've got, we've got so many young and upcoming Cowardists. footballers within the football league, in the second teams, the third teams, that sort of thing, and the youth teams. We've got a lot of English up-and-coming footballers within it. Now, if you can't make a good team uh, yeah. from that... Then something's wrong with our But you're not system. agreeing with Dennis that they're all cowardists and that we should ban no, foreign not players. At all. No. If they don't anyone who don't want to play for England that, that's fine because they're not gonna give up their best. I'm joined by Justin Daly. Morning, Justin. Morning, boss. Now, you actually like football. Uh, yeah. Dennis is saying that uh, there's a lot of cowardism in the game, and he also comes up with the ridiculous notion yeah. that we should ban foreign <laughs> players from playing in the football leagues. That's nuts, isn't it, Justin? I think we should certainly cut down on the amount of foreign players in our league. Because... I didn't say ban them. Yes, yeah. you did, Dennis. <laughs> no, I didn't. You also said you did. cowardism. No, I did not. I did not you I... did, and you said cowardism. Yes, that's right, because... The ones we've got here, highly paid people, racing round the field, kicking a ball away. It's football. Hmm. That's football. Yeah. yeah. Well, nevertheless, I'm just saying. No, that's football. That's that's act, that's literally we football. What you've just described. Got good players in this. Country so you want to ban all foreign players playing? So in... We have to import them. What would Chelsea do? <laughs> Chelsea would be down to three men. I'm, you see, Justin, yeah. I'm, I'm keeping you, up with very this. Very good. Very good. I've been yep. working. Yep. It's a nonsense idea, Dennis, and you know it. Apologise to me and the listener. Certainly not. Apologise to Justin, then. <laughs> Justin? Dennis. I apologise to you. Would you mind showing that man how to kick a football? Thank won't, you very much. I wouldn't say they're cowardly, but they're, they're certainly mercenary, cowardly. some of them. They're, they're what? Merciless? Mer- no, mercenaries. Mer- merc- what? What do you mean by that? The same sort of people who go and fight a war for money. 
What mercenaries, really? Are you saying Wayne Rooney would go to Syria no, for money? No, 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 What no, on earth no, are you talking no. about? I'm talking about they're coming over for the money. They've got no... They, they no. haven't got no respect for oh, our Oh, I game, see. Really. Yeah, I see. Yeah, no loyalty. I think Why do there. people stop listening to this programme? Because you phone up so much. Oh, he's gone. He's Here, gone. can I put something out there? Peter, uh, thank you very much. Dennis, thank you. Yes, Justin. Uh, Dennis is now gone. Yeah. Um, how can any man not be a football fan? Oh, I don't mate, get that. No, I don't, don't get that. Come on. Because I don't fall into your, your gender stereotypes, mate, because I'm a free spirit. I don't get sucked into these things just because the uh, rest of the society gets sucked into these yeah. things, man. There's I'm something a, lacking. I'm a free thinker. <laughs> I'm my own man. I do what I want to do. I don't follow conventions. And also, it's really, really boring. It's not boring. Any man who goes down the pub, they are going to be the odd one out if they don't like football. I, I don't know any bloke who doesn't like football apart from you Guess what? and JVS. Guess Enough what? Said. Come on. I don't go down the pub either. Yeah? Got a great life. Yeah, thank you very much. Uh, Ant- yeah. Justin, say that. Anthony's uh, joined us. Morning, Anthony. Hello, Ian. What would you like to say, boss? Oh, mate, come on. What the hell are you lot waffling about? <laughs> what do you mean? I'll tell you what's wrong with the English side, mate. None of them players can gel together. We've been an absolute joke in this World Cup, right? He's now decided to make nine changes for a game that hasn't got any bearing on anything. It is an honest joke. Well, surely, and Ju- Justin, you could. I'm, I'm really doing well on this. Justin, Ooh, you can correct me if well. I'm wrong. Yeah. Surely he's doing that because he's got nothing to lose, so he might as well start planning for yeah, the, but, the, 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 uh, the Euros yeah, in two years' time. But in saying that, he's going to be playing Lampard this evening. Yes, it's going to be his last ever game for his country, but Lampard's not going to be there for the next European Championship. Let him have a little bit of glory. Put the kids in there. Give them the experience. And, and yeah. yeah, go on. I just want to say, how do you know Lampard's not going to be there? How do you know? Because he, he won't be good enough, it. that's why. No, but, but mm. what I'm saying is, he right. hasn't said he's going to retire yet. Yeah. yeah. He hasn't said. But what I can't understand is, and most other English uh, supporters would probably agree, we've got all that Premier League talent, they're on about ninety to 100,000 a week, and when they come and play for their country, they can't gel. Right, Anthony... It's you really got on my nerves that we've not got out I can tell, today. I can tell. Anthony, do you think it's disgusting that some uh, English players don't want to play for their country? I don't, I can't answer that one because I don't, I, I don't know that there's a reason why. Okay, all right, Anthony, thank you very much. Indeed. We're doing a football phone in here, Just. Mm, it's great, isn't it? Move over, was it 6.06? Yeah. Like, yeah, come on, guys. <laughs> Ian Lee's coming for you. Ian Lee's coming for the football. Ian Lee's coming <laughs> home, I wish I was. Anyway, Justin, we yeah. sent you out on the street this morning to ask if, if what, what, what was the exact question you were asking well, we talked about Ian Wright this morning he yep. of course is in the sun furious about uh, some furious. players who don't want to play for their country I've been asking people on the streets if they are offended if anybody doesn't want to play for the shirts here's what people had to say Ian wants to know sir if, if somebody doesn't want to play for their country does that really offend you does that wind you up yes it does yeah with the money that they get you know just uh, to me they're, they're going to lose tonight. Mm-hmm. That's the, I really think Costa Rica will beat them. They shouldn't do. But uh, that's uh, England. It's very disappointing World Cup. It's been very disappointing. Yeah. But, but as a fan, you, you wouldn't respect a player more for coming out and saying, I don't want to play for, for these reasons. It would just annoy you because you think it's an honour. Yeah, of course it is. It plays for your country. Of course it is, yeah. Of course it's an honour to play, yeah. All we do, though, is abuse our players. So, so why is that an honour? An honour to be abused? Well, they shouldn't be in a position where they are abused. Top, top class, supposed to be top class, well, class footballers. That, mm. They get shown up. 
Elson, your thoughts on the World Cup, first of all? England's performances? Atrocious. Seriously. You know, absolutely atrocious. Expect a lot more from England, you know? I mean, some people are saying they feel ashamed to be English. That's right. Would you, yeah. would you go along with that? Yeah, I'd say that. Yeah. Would you be upset if a player said, I don't want to play for England? How would that make you feel? Well, it is an honour, but if you don't want to play for him, you don't want to play for him. Oh, you know, that's my view, you know. Not really, no. It's up to them, but for the money they get, they should be proud to play for the country. Ian Wright saying here, the next young player who says that he does not want to play for England should be ordered to ring the parents of a soldier who has died serving his country in Afghanistan and tell them his reasons. What do you think about that? Perhaps they should, yeah. You, you would go along with that? Yeah, because they've been going to fought for their country. They've got an opportunity to play for the country and earn a lot more money, and then they don't want to play. Steve, players who don't want to play for England, what do you think about those people? I suppose just be honest and say that they want to play. A bit of a disgrace. You think they're a disgrace? Yeah, yeah, most people give it right arm and play for them, wouldn't they? Well, it's a mixed response there. I mean, mm. I really don't get it. If people don't want to do something, I, I, I don't think they should be made to feel no. bad because they don't want to do it. Absolutely. I'm just going to put this out there right now. If I was a top English player, I would not want to play for my country. I really wouldn't because it's not worth the hassle. People talking about money. Yes, you do get paid incredibly well to play for your club and there are certain perks, but you don't get paid for, for, for playing for England. And all you do is get grief. Stephen Gerrard, you know, one of our greatest ever midfield players. He misses a header last week and all he has got in the last what few days is just abuse on social media leave now is it really worth it when you don't get paid for me it wouldn't be no justin thank you very much indeed 08459 555 bbc three counties radio let's get the travel with alice travel news for beds cards and bugs bbc three counties radio the M1 London bound, heavy going between Junction 10 for Luton and 9 for Redbourne. And delays on the M25 anti-clockwise between Junction 20 for Kings Langley and 16 for the M40. In Kings Langley, the A41 is queuing as you head towards the M25. And elsewhere on the sensors, on the A1M southbound around Junction 7 for Stevenage, things looking very heavy. Also at the Clop Hill roundabout, the A6 southbound approach, really struggling now. Public transport, all looking good though, with no reported problems. I'm Alice Glossop, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you, Alice. 7.46, Tuesday the 24th of June, I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. A whistleblower has told the BBC that many services at the Yarlswood Immigration Centre in Bedfordshire are not fit for purpose. Bosses from Serco, who run Yarlswood, are due to appear before MPs this afternoon. A leading doctor has described a review of NHS services in Bedfordshire and Milton Keynes as market lunacy, with services touted to private bidders. And in sport, England manager Roy Hodgson has made nine changes for this afternoon's final World Cup game against Costa Coffee. It's 7.47, let's get the weather. Here's Kate. Beds, hearts and bucks weather. BBC Three Counties Radio. Good morning. We have a bit of mist and fog around at the moment, but it is lifting quite readily. We've got some nice blue sky through parts of Buckinghamshire and Hertfordshire, for that matter. And uh, soon everywhere we'll see the sunshine. So sunny spells, perhaps one or two heavy showers likely to float across us. There's possibly one just heading in towards Milton Keynes at the moment, um, which could be potentially quite heavy. Won't last for too long, though. Maybe one or two more of those around through the rest of the day. But it's still going to feel warm in the sunshine, maximum 24 Celsius. Once any showers move through through the evening, 
evening. Behind it, the air is going to be that little bit fresher. It's a cold front which is moving south, so by uh, behind it, uh, the air will be that little bit cooler. Minimum temperature 12 Celsius. Tomorrow is going to feel fresher as well. We've got some nice sunny spells though, and it should be dry. Maximum temperature for Wednesday 19 Celsius, and that's your forecast. Every weekday morning. My show's called The JVS Show. Nine o'clock in the morning on BBC Three Counties Radio. Jonathan Vernon-Smith. I deal with the consumer problems that affect people all over beds, hearts and bucks. And I said, well, I didn't come all this way to be looking at a broken down hotel. Those companies, those councils, those organisations that are letting people down. This guy turned around and said to me that they're not prepared to pay me and I said, so you're forcing me to take action. And he said, good luck and put the phone down on me. I get my teeth into them. Oh, Jonathan, I'll start crying soon. We don't know what to do. Deal with them and hopefully get results for you, the consumers. And it got so convoluted, I thought there's only one person who can sort this out. The JVS Show, on BBC Three Counties Radio. On FM, AM, online and digital radio. This is Ian Lee. On BBC Three Counties Radio. Now, on Friday, we spoke to the MP for Houghton Regis, Andrew Salou, about the ongoing problem with bikers, motorbikers, riding all over the Houghton Charges cricket pitch. Police originally told the club they'd need money to put on extra patrols during matches, but since the MP's intervention, that has changed. The Houghton Charges played over the weekend, and their captain, Aziz Chowdhury, joins me now. Good morning again, Aziz. Good morning, Ian. You're becoming a regular on this show, so we're going to have to start paying you soon. <laughs> what uh, happened? What happened at the weekend? Did the, did the the police turn up? Yeah, uh, they did, and uh, that's why I really want to thank uh, BBC Three County, you and Catherine. Uh, really, you guys really helped us to raise our voice, and uh, I really appreciate efforts Andrew Tillo, you know, he made. Uh, so we had a really wonderful day last Saturday. It was uh, good weather. We had a few spectators come in to support us. And uh, the police patrolling was there on and off, but throughout the day. And uh, the first time we played this season without any fear that bikers will come and disrupt our game. So that's really a great achievement. uh, And we thank you all uh, as a club for your support. As, as is, you, 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 please tell me that you won this game after all the effort that people have put in. We did, we did. Yes, <laughs> get in there, son! Get in there! Did you? I don't understand cricket scoring, but did you thrash them? No, in fact, you know, like, I think it was a little bit more, we were a bit really relaxed. That we won in a very narrow margin, but we won at the end. We're still on the top of the league. Yeah. So we will want to continue. And, uh, Ian, as you said in, the, in your last... Uh, show with Andrew that uh, obviously this Saturday's gone is really good great and we really want uh, the continuous uh, support uh, from Andrew and uh, so our next uh, home game will be on 9th of August okay Uh, we have a few uh, away games so the next home game on Saturday will be 9th of August we really want uh, support of the local community to come and watch us and uh, and also police 
And well, listen, I, I've been I've been uh, keeping touch with Andrea as well. So we, we as, as is, I'm, yeah. I'm allowed to say this because I present yeah. the breakfast show, so I can say this. The, 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 the uh, Houghton Chargers is now the official cricket team for BBC Three Counties Radio. It's the official. <laughs> Catherine's uh, pulling her face. Well, as is, you've made things a bit difficult for me at home. I have to say, I'm, I'm glad that you won, but my husband plays for Amptill. Oh, you beat her husband's team. <laughs> well, he wasn't playing that day, thankfully. Otherwise, it could have got uh, very tricky. But otherwise, uh, you would have kicked your back. But my name is Mud around Amptill at the moment, so um, I hope you're enjoying your victory. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks for that. We will be playing Amptill uh, this coming Saturday in their home ground. So. Yeah, take him down. Take him down, mate. Tear him. Tear him. Uh, my head down. Yeah. Listen, this is uh, the, the yeah. Houghton Chargers is the official cricket team. If not for BBC Three Counties Radio, uh. then certainly for this show. We don't get behind many sports. I don't even uh. like cricket but you are our official cricket team for the show we, that that can work can't it Catherine we yeah. can adopt them yeah just don't tell well, me thank you very and much we, will, really well, we are going to plug it. all of your yeah. cricket matches yeah go on then we're going to plug all of your cricket matches when you're playing at home alright so make thank sure you. you send us yeah. your itinerary yeah just it's the 9th of August the next one isn't it so, yeah, so the right. week before, just send me an email. Yeah. We'll, uh, we'll get right. the crowds coming. Seriously, well, honestly, right. we're not going to plug any other cricket team. It's just you as is. Now, you, you were holding a taster session as well for young people. Yeah. How did that uh, go? It, well, it went well. Obviously, there was a bit short notice. So what we are planning now to give a plenty of notice and uh, we will be approaching schools uh, uh, for this season and the next season so we can recruit more youngsters and we can give uh, coaching to the kids. So we are planning to have a, a really like uh, uh, good sessions uh, for the community for the kids to learn the cricket and promote uh, the local community and you know like yeah as is listen it's always a pleasure to talk to you oh, i'm serious yeah. keep in touch with us and we're going to give all your home games a plug on this show okay well, as is thank you, yeah. th- listen well Thanks. done thank you very much i've just come up with an idea go on then is well, it like the uh, nursing olympics oh that was a brilliant idea <laughs> right we're going to adopt things we're, we're going to adopt things. Okay. We're going to adopt... Aziz? Well, no, no, no. We've got a cricket team. The Houghton Chargers. That belongs to this show now. Right, okay. We're going to adopt a school. Right. We're going to uh, adopt a football team. Right. We're going to adopt an old people's home. Okay. And they will, we, they will be the official... We'll, we will have the official old people's home of this show, the official school of this show, the official cricket team of this show. They'll be ours. Can we have an official band of the show? Yeah, why not? Yeah! You're getting behind my great ideas this morning, Kelly. Uh, Always. Five points to you, Catherine. Turn that frown upside down. Come on. It's a smile! Yeah? You're you're seeing flaws in what is a flawless idea. It's my job to see the flaws. What's the flaw? Um... Well, um, you know, the... say we get, say we adopt an, an old people's home. Yep, 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 yep. And then we uncover failings at the old people's home. Then it's co- like we did the failings. No, then we cover it up. We smother that story. We protect our own. Well, this is what I'm concerned about. Why is there a concern there? But if the the care home does fail, that's the that's their thing. Exactly, it's, it's, and we won't connected to the BBC, and we won't report them. <sighs> we won't report so them. We'll ha- we'll do our best to help them out and cover their bullying. That takes I mean, place. We don't know that's what's happening. We'll destroy. We've not even named it yet. We'll destroy all the evidence. Um, we'll no, we don't have to do that. You know, when your friend does something wrong. Yeah, I would. I that's lied. Just your friend doing it. That's not no, you. It's I, fine. I lied for them. Oh. Sorry. I didn't. 
No, because no, you don't really have. What, all right, we don't have an old people's home, but right. we we get a list. We get some things that we own. We own a cricket team for yeah, good. That's five good. minutes ago, we didn't own a cricket team. Now we own a cricket team. I feel like a magnate. Yeah, you see, and then we find a way to monetize it. Whoa. <laughs> that's part two of the plan. But the part one is is nice. Part two, it gets a little bit dicey. But you, let's go with a list of things that we can own. We got a cricket team. I'm the boss of a cricket team. My first job, I'm sacking Aziz. <laughs> <laughs> He's too nice. I'm the captain now. <laughs> oh, wait, four, five, nine, four, double, five, five, double, five. There's something in that. Yeah, let me unpick it. Oh, for goodness sakes. You're such a... Um... Buzzkill. Yeah, that's my job. Buzzkill joy. Yeah. <laughs> You're such a love joy. Oh. No. Oh, I've just, I've peaked enough. That reminds me of a stripper. Sorry? Hmm? Love joy. My friend got married in her teens. To a stripper? Someone thought it would be hilarious. It was the first time anyone had booked a stripper and they, they obviously weren't familiar Ever. with the uh, agencies at that point. Yeah. You know, now, of course, we know exactly who we go to. I'll go to stripper. Um, but they hired what? who effectively was Lovejoy and he came into a pub and we were begging him to keep his clothes on. Look like Lovejoy. Why do they... I don't get the strippergram. I just found, you know, I'm being sexually harassed by an old man. I'm paying to do it. Because, I mean, they often... You know... She's miming it. Yeah, he got on the table. That's eye level. Did I mean was it everything? Um, well, no, because we we told him to turn it in. You know the f- the fatograms. The fa- are they called fatty bonbons? <laughs> is that a thing, fatograms? Yeah. Do you pay them to put their clothes on? No, no, no. This is Some the thing. It's like the, it's a joke, right? So you get. A f- I think they're called fatty bonbonograms. Okay. And. So it's, a, it's, it's an obese person. It's someone who's clinically Gosh, obese. Imagine being that person. That's your job. Well, this is it. You're there because people are laughing at you. Wow. They are laughing that you are clinically obese. You will probably die young, so they're going to get you to strip off and put foam on someone's their chest. Amusement. Yeah. How... If you do this, you know, hats off, I salute you, but how... You know, they must go home and cry at night. No, they might be... They're making the best out of what they've got. If there was a sizeogram and people wanted like a small person just to show up and make them feel really tall yeah they the do day. that for money I'll do it would you yeah no but you're not small enough mm. you're not you're not I mean you're small but you're not freakish <gasps> thank you uh, are we using that word oh, let's go to travel yeah quick travel news for beds cards and bugs BBC Three Counties Radio on the speed sensors in Bedford, the Bromham Road is heavy going as you head towards the centre of town. Also, things looking quite busy in Luton at the Kidneywood roundabout. The London Road approach, very heavy as you head towards the motorway. On the M1 itself, London bound, slow going between junction 11 for Dunstable and 9 for Redbourne. Also got delays on the M25 anti-clockwise, very slow between junction 20 for Kings Langley and 16 for the M40. Public transport, all looking good with no reported problems. I'm Alice Glossop, BBC Three Counties Radio. Alice, thank you very much indeed. Let me just clarify what I meant by that. What I'm... You... Oh, no, let's not. If you want to be adopted by the show, you're more than welcome to. We've adopted a cricket team today. This morning I woke up, I owned no sporting clubs. Now I own the Houghton Chargers. It's, and this is the official show of the Houghton Chargers. <laughs> We're going to be reporting on all of their games. We've got to send um, 
We've got to send Luke down to one of the games, haven't we? And get him to report on the game properly. So like, do a commentary. commentary every weekend. Yeah, this is what we're going to do. This, I, I've got great plans for this. Kelly wants to adopt uh, an old person. Not sure we can do... Well, remember Nanny Eileen. Whatever happened to Nanny Eileen? Jay, the bus driver, wants to be our official bus driver. Oh, Jay, Jay, you're in, fella. We've got a bus driver. Coming up, last hour of the show, are you offended that some football players don't want to play for their country? Should they be jumping at the chance? 08459 555 555. Local and vocal across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. It's eight o'clock, I'm Simon Oxley. The headlines, Yarlswood bosses to be quizzed by MPs. Benson and Milton Keynes' health review criticised and England ring the changes for World Cup farewell. BBC Three Counties Radio. A whistleblower has told the BBC the many services at the Yarlswood Immigration Centre in Bedfordshire are not fit for purpose. Noel Finn, a former mental health nurse, claims staff behaved inappropriately towards female detainees and any complaints were written off as an attempt to delay deportation. Bosses from Serco, who Run Yarlswood are due to appear before the Home Affairs Select Committee this afternoon, chaired by Labour MP Keith Vaz. Serco have serious questions to answer about the alleged abuse that has been made by people who were in their care. These are very serious concerns that we have, and the allegations need to be investigated carefully. There has been an internal investigation but I'm afraid there hasn't been full transparency. A leading doctor has described a review of NHS services in Bedfordshire and Milton Keynes as market lunacy. Dr Mark Porter from the British Medical Association says managers wrote to over 500 possible providers, including an American provider offering faith-based healthcare. More from Gail Sanderson. Speaking at the opening of a conference by the BMA, he said a bizarre market culture had been created. In a joint statement, Dr Paul Hassan from Bedfordshire and Dr Nicholas Smith from Milton Keynes Clinical Commissioning Groups said it was good practice to engage the market. They said they had to talk to a range of organisations inside and outside the NHS. A pedestrian has died after a collision with a van in Chiswell Green near St Albans yesterday morning. The 55-year-old man was hit on Tippendale Lane just before nine o'clock. Extremists in Iraq are reported to have seized control of the country's biggest oil refinery after a 10-day battle. Meanwhile, the fathers of two British teenagers believed to have left their homes in Coventry to fight with ISIS militants in Syria have spoken of their fears for their sons. Lord Carlyle is a former independent reviewer of terrorism laws. The closest and most important partners in detecting people who might become terrorists and de-radicalising them are the Muslim community themselves. Uh, Mothers, wives, sisters do not want their husbands, brothers, sons uh, to become violent jihadists and run the risk of being killed in a a civil war. Animal welfare groups are calling for prison sentences of up to five years for people who steal dogs and other pets. They claim most dog thieves end up with cautions, fines or community service. Buckingham University has the safest campus in the UK, according to figures out today. Buckingham had a crime rate of just over seven incidents per 1,000 residents, compared 
compared with 36 and 29 in London and Manchester. In sport, England manager Roy Hodgson has made nine changes for this afternoon's final World Cup game against Costa Rica. Kickoff is at five o'clock. Frank Lampard will captain the side. Certainly a good test of character. Um, we're not going to lie, it's been a tough few days. Um, we came here to do better than, than what we've turned out to do. So uh, now we're left in a situation where we have to show that we're met. Host Brazil beat Cameroon 4-1 last night. They'll face Chile in the last 16. Holland will face Mexico, who beat Croatia 3-1. The weather, sunny intervals and scattered showers. Maximum temperature 24 degrees Celsius. And you can get the latest news and sport online at bbc.co.uk slash three counties. BBC Three Counties Radio's big tour of beds, hearts and bucks. You're only about two minutes from being in the countryside. And all this week we're featuring Wellin and Digswell. There's a lot of local things going on. One of the focuses for that is Wellin Festival, which is ten days of about 70 events. It's all about where you live. Love it. It is charming. Love it. I love it. The big tour of beds, hearts and bucks. BBC Three Counties Radio. Just a little bit of casual sexism, that's all that's going on. Nothing to see, nothing to hear. Morning, Ian Lee, BBC Three Counties Radio. Four minutes past eight on Tuesday. Summer's nearly over. How's that make you feel, guys? It totes is. Stop being such a negative no, Nancy. No, stop. I'm not being a negative Nancy. Of you are, you Nancy. I'm being a truth-telling Tony. You're being a negative Nora. I'm being a truth-telling... Terry. Terry, yeah. There we go. Thank you very much indeed. Lots coming up on the show. We'll find out, or try and find out, what exactly is going on at Yarlswood Detention Centre. More on dog napping. Dog napping. And also, are you offended that some England football players don't want to play for their country? Ian Wright's furious. He's got the ridiculous suggestion they should phone up the parents of um, people who've died in Afghanistan. What on earth has that got to do with anything, you plum? Facebook.com forward slash BBC 3CR. Send me a text, 81333. Start your text 3CR. Or you can give me a call, 08459 455 555. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. Yeah, my respect, boss, yeah? MPs will meet later to discuss allegations made by a former Yarlswood employee about inappropriate behaviour and procedural failings at the Bedfordshire Immigration Removal Centre. Former mental health nurse Noel Finn claims that staff behaved inappropriately towards detainees and that complaints were written off as attempts to delay deportation. The claims come after the death of 40-year-old Christine Case at the centre earlier this year, which is being investigated. Well, Noel Finn told us Yarlswood should close. I think that the unit should be closed. It's not actually providing what it needs to provide. Um, people stay there too long. Most of them don't get removed. They get, some of them go back into the community. Some of them get the, um, deported, but most of them are staying there just contained. So in that sense, the way it's in its, in its form now, the way it's presented now, it's not, it's not fit for purpose in that sense. 
Well, bosses from Serco who run Yarlswood are due to appear before the Home Affairs Select Committee this afternoon to respond to the allegations. I can speak now to Labour Bedford Councillor Louise King, who's raised concerns about the way healthcare is delivered there. Good morning, Louise. Good morning, Ian. It's, it's not a, a great-sounding place. There are accusations of sexual abuse, of mental and physical uh, illness not being recognised and claims that, that uh, detainees are making things up. Why is this place still running? Well, I agree. The allegations that have been made most recently are extremely worrying, and there have been a number of allegations that have been made about the treatment of detainees in the centre over the years since it's been open. Um, These are very vulnerable women, and it's important that they're treated with dignity and respect. And we want to look at the healthcare provision specifically in Yarlswood to see how it compares with the healthcare that a borough resident would get outside of the centre. Do you think that healthcare should be taken off the hands of Serco? If, if, if you know what we we hear is true, that they don't is not a particularly responsible attitude towards the healthcare of these people. Well, I, I do question whether Serco can run a centre that's undoubtedly tasked with the containment and and ultimately the removal of women as quickly as possible, while also providing healthcare um, that's of the same standard as one would expect to get elsewhere. I think there may well be a conflict of interest there, and I'm not sure how they can provide both within the centre. Serco deny it, but it has been described as having a culture of disbelief uh, amongst their healthcare staff, so that, that they're, they're, it would, their initial thought is not to believe what's being told to them, as they think these women are shirkers. Well, I have heard that from some of the women that I've visited in the centre. I have particular concerns about the mental health provision within the centre and whether or not people who claim to have mental health problems, who are suffering with depression, are treated appropriately. And that's one of the things that our committee wants to have a look at, I hope, over the, over the coming months. Well, this is, is this the review that, into Yarlswood that you're planning? Where, whereabouts are you with that? Well, um, we're about to meet to agree the scope of the review, so um, we are in the process of getting things moving at the moment. The committee has been um, appointed, so we will meet over the next couple of weeks. And how exactly will the review work, Louise? What, what will you do? Well, uh, the, the, the finer details of that are yet to be uh, a- Agreed, but we want to look at the health assessments, how they're conducted on entry to the centre and departure, what type of questions are asked, what sort of training I think that the medical staff um, might have when they go into the centre. Um, people who are detained may have, uh, who are asylum seekers particularly, may have particular problems. They may have been tortured, they may have been trafficked. What, what do the medical health staff understand of those problems? Um, we also want to look at care standards, outpatient care. There's an awful lot to cover, and it's very much tied up, I believe, with home office procedures. So um, it's going to be quite a big job, I think. The uh, 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 the committee is uh, speaking to Serco this afternoon. If you were sat there, Louise, what would be the one question you would ask Serco today? Well, that's a difficult one. I mean, the sexual abuse claims, which is one of the things they're going to be looking at, I, um, and, and the subsequent investigation will be dealt with by the Home Affairs Select Committee. And I think um, I'll leave commenting on those particular allegations for the very capable chair of that committee. But um, there are safeguarding concerns. I want to know what the procedures have been, where there have been such allegations made for reporting those and, and safeguarding these vulnerable women. And finally, we've been hearing stories uh, about Yarlswood for years. Some have have had a little bit more um, kind of substance to them than than others. How is this place still going? Well, 
I have a particular view of detention that may or may not be shared by others. Um, I think it's important that if you are going to um, keep women in detention, I I don't necessarily agree that it is necessary, but um, that they are treated with dignity and respect, and I'm not convinced that that is always the case within Yarlswood. So... um, I don't know why it's still going. I, I hope, however, that, that our investigations as a committee can, can help to improve conditions there. Louise, thanks very much. Let's be interesting to see what happens. Serco um, said they couldn't come on the show today because they were preparing for the Home Affairs Select Committee uh, grilling this afternoon. I'm, I'm assuming that means they can come on the show tomorrow because the the, the, the uh, interview will be over. So I, I, if we could put a call in, Catherine... Certainly, and, um, we'll ask, yeah. ...see if they'll come on, that'll be good. That was uh, Louise King, Labour Bedford Councillor. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is Ian Lee. BBC Three Counties Radio. Right, we got some texts and we got some Facebookses. Yes, uh, I'll do the text. You can do the Facebooks. Okay. Nick, Nick in Hitchin says, No, I'm not at all offended by football players refusing to play for their country. It's not as if they're refusing to fight for their country against a common, common enemy. Hands up if um, your country called you up to fight and you would refuse. Guys? Depends on the circumstances, doesn't it? Guys? It's just me, is it? It's just me putting my hand up refusing to I fight. I don't think I'd be a very good fighter. But supposing they did, supposing they were desperate. I'd do my bit if it was desperate times. You'd and go- you would as well. What, I'd go and if fight. If the future of your children was at risk, you would. I wouldn't go and fight. Why do you think people did it in the Second World War? Not because they fancied it. They went because there was no other choice. I wouldn't go and fight. I wouldn't go and fight. I couldn't go and kill someone. You, you, you have, have you, in the past. You've got previous. I, couldn't, I wouldn't go and fight for, the country, for my country, no. I'd go and move somewhere safe. Oh, right. And what's, Thanks, what does, Ian. Thanks for helping us out. What, I'm not going to die for my country. I couldn't give a monkey's. I'm not going to go and die. Kelly, are you telling me you would die? You would actually if die? If we were going to die anyway. Hang on, hang on, hang on. Don't look at her. Catherine, look at me. Look at me. Catherine, don't You're look at her. You're her? Yeah, I'm looking at her because I want an answer from her. But you look at me. Why? Kelly, would you die for your country? Yeah. Go on, then. How are you going to kill me? Well, with a, with a union flag. <laughs> going to pierce it through your heart. I would die for my country because I, I think that um, my my children and my grandchildren would all live here. So well, hang on a minute. You, you, you'd you have to have some children before you died then. Well, in this scenario, it's not going to happen overnight, is it? Right. So who knows? Well, yeah. Who knows what Russia and China are plotting? Uh, so you would die for your country to protect your children? You'd, well, leave, your, no, uh, you'd uh, leave your kids no, without a mum? I would die for my country to protect uh, the next generation. To protect my children? No, not You yours. saw what my boys they were up to yesterday. They were running around naked with goggles on, filling up balloons with water. Yeah, and they had the freedom to do that because people laid oh, down their lives. Oh, goodness sakes. I wouldn't die for my country. I wouldn't do it. Why? Why would you die for your country? What, would you so- die for your children? Uh, yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, I have friends who are soldiers, and let oh, me t- here we go. listen. Let me here tell you something. Go. They don't fight for their country when they're right. out there. They fight for their mates. They yeah, fight they to fight save for each, each other. other. Yeah, one hundred percent. Right. So, do, do we want to have this discussion now? I never or not? want to have this because I wouldn't join the army if I had kids. You do have kids. Well, I'm not joining the army then. Oh, okay, fair enough. You're too old anyway. No, but even if I, 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 I do, we, do you want to fall out properly? No, because I, I, di- I can take the emotion okay. out of this. I think it's selfish if you join the army and you've got kids. I think it's selfish if you put yourself in a life-threatening situation and you've got children. OK. So if you're in the army and you're in for 20 years, you yeah. can never have children? I think it's selfish to have children, yeah. I really do. I really do. Because there is a chance that those kids are going to grow up without their mum or their dad. Oh. 
Interesting. No, there's, those children will grow up knowing that their parents died as heroes. They will grow up knowing their parents died. That's the first thing they'll know. At a later point, they'll, they'll, they'll realise that possibly they were heroes or possibly they were fighting for, for a, a, an inappropriate war that we've got no business being in. But they are putting they they are putting the future of their children more at risk by fighting. I think it's selfish to be in the army and be a parent. I g- genuinely believe well, that. Well, you're entitled to that view. I'm entitled People to the correct fought view. People fought to allow you to talk like that. Exactly, exactly. But that's a different war. World War Two is very, very different to Afghanistan and Iraq, which are both wars we should not have got involved in. We had no right being there. Oh, and look, in, in Iraq, suddenly things have got much, much worse. And in Afghanistan, when we finally get out of there, I wonder what's going to happen. What would you die for? Um, Snack attacks. Uh, I would die. For, I would die for my kids. Of course, I'd die for my kids. You know, if, if, if throwing myself in front of a bus would improve, uh, you know, the life of my children, then I'd do it. Of course, without so, question. I mean, in a wild, in a wild freak of history, yeah. say the country suddenly become is invaded, yeah, by people who are not interested in changing things; they just want us all dead. You're telling me you wouldn't take up arms to save your children. No. Well, no. I would do what I... You'd move out. No, I'd become a loyalist. Well, that is a loyalist. But for them... Oh, right, you turn. Yeah, I turn. I'd do what was ever was best for my children. Just so we know. If that zombie invasion happens... (laughs) I'm not going to turn for a flipping zombie. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. On the M40 London bound at Junction 1 for the Denham roundabout, a lane is closed on the exit slip road. That's because a car's broken down, making things slow on the approach. Also on the other major routes, the M1 London bound, heavy going between Junction 10 for Luton and 9 for Redbourne. Delays on the M25 anti-clockwise 2, very slow between Junction 20 for Kings Langley and 16 for the M40. On the A40 London bound, at Hangar Lane, one lane is blocked because a car's broken down. Queues on the approach starting from the Swakeley's roundabouts. That's really adding to the normal morning delays. Public transport has no reported problems. I'm Alice Glossop, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you very much. It's 8.17. It's Tuesday the 24th of June. I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. A whistleblower has told the BBC that many services at the Yarlswood Immigration Centre in Bedfordshire are not fit for purpose. Bosses from Serco who run Yarlswood are due to appear before MPs this afternoon. A leading doctor has described a review of NHS services in Bedfordshire and Milton Keynes as market lunacy, with services touted to private bidders. And in sport, England manager Roy Hodgson has made nine changes for this afternoon's final World Cup game against Starbucks. BBC Three Counties Radio. BBC Introducing. This weekend, BBC Introducing put on the biggest shows it's ever done. We brought you 24 gigs in 24 hours. Recorded across beds, hearts and bucks with artists such as Luke Pickett, Alex Bay, and Natasha North. To hear all the performances and watch the videos, go to facebook.com slash bbc3cr. BBC Introducing, 24 gigs in 24 hours. BBC Introducing. Oh, hang on. 
Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is Ian Lee. BBC oh. Three Counties Radio. I need a wee. You do. Should have gone when Simon Oxley was doing the news. Instead, I got involved in uh, a conversation with my production team. Wasn't really worth it, but... Right. And now the next 42 minutes of the show is going to be well uncomfortable. Rookie mistake. Yeah. I'm surprised at you. Yeah. Yep, you've yep. been doing this for many years. It's, it's the first... That was the, the first module I had on day one of Radio Presenting College. Always dash out during the news. Always. Or if you want to... back, I mean, back when I was in, this was years ago, if you want to have a smoke during the show, put on a long record. That's how long ago I was taught. Yes. Yeah. Nice to see you. Well, thanks very much to see you nice. Thank you very much. You don't get catchphrases. You don't get people with catchphrases anymore. No. I miss a good catchphrase. Do you? You'd be great with a catchphrase. You've kind of got catchphrase. <laughs> Here we go. No, no, no. This is a nice one. You kind right. of have. What's that? Tell me your problem without mentioning any company names. Oh, yes. And let's see, if we, see what we can do. My, the, the one that, uh, that people generally remember yeah. is uh, you've got your bikini on. Oh, yes. I've yes. had that shouted at me out of, uh, out of windows. Oh, gosh. Right, JVS, got your bikini. On. Oh dear, aren't people horrible? So common. I don't mind it. Oh, I don't it's like it. It's quite people. funny. There was a, uh, a delivery man once, he shouted that out the window of his truck at me. Yeah. That made me laugh. You should have d- done that. <laughs> should have done that. <laughs> I'm not going to do that. that. Why would I do that? I once had um, uh, outside Sainsbury's uh, some kids on bikes, and one kid went, Oh, look! Oh, look! There's the what colour... There's the bum fluff man. Bum fluff? Is, there's the bum fluff man. Oh, I'll get lost, you little... So he said, no, 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 you're the bum fluff. I said, I've had enough of this. Stop it. And I had a great go at him. Why was he calling you a bum fluff man? Well, I thought he was being rude. And then as we were walking around the shop, my wife went, didn't you do that thing when you asked someone what colour what colour bum fluff was? And he was, respond- he was referring to, to a sketch that I'd done on TV. And I felt terrible. I bullied a 14-year-old child for re- recognising who I was and mentioning a, a quote. He'll, he'll never, ever forget that. No? Good. It's a lesson to us he, all. He will never... He will always remember the day he met a bum fluff man. <laughs> the, day, the day the bum fluff man told him off. The bum fluff man told him off for no reason. He was being polite. Oh, I met that bum fluff man once. Oh, he was horrible. <laughs> or quad. He was so rude. Anyway, what's on your show this morning? Please? Coming up on the big phone in this yes. morning from nine. Is it time we increased the minimum wage? The Archbishop of York and his Living Wage Commission say more employers should pay their staff a living wage instead of the bare minimum wage. Here in the three counties, that would mean businesses would have to pay staff £7.65 an hour instead of £6.31p. Currently, just 558 employers in the UK pay what's known as a living wage, but campaigners want the government to commit to bringing millions more workers into this pay bracket by 2020. Meanwhile, the British Chambers of Commerce has told the BBC that whilst many businesses are choosing to pay staff more money, they shouldn't be forced to do so as they might end up making staff redundant. Well, from nine this morning, is it time we increase the minimum wage? I'd like your views on 08459 455 555. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is Ian Lee. BBC Three Counties Radio. Here we go, here we go. Here come the angry taxes. 
Ian, ever visited a concentration camp memorial or Holocaust site? I have visited over a dozen camp memorials alone. How could anyone have seen that level of evil and refuse to challenge it? This is the pacifist stance, that evil is seen, ignored and allowed to continue. I fear it is a stance I find very hard to respect. Yender, thank you for not listening properly to my point. Uh, and uh, Andrew, the Stevenage Railway says, get Ian off the... Here's a contradiction. Get Ian off the ra- radio, please. Many died so he can sit there and moan. Yeah, exactly. So I'm going to stay on the radio. Sit there and moan. Because yeah. That, yeah. Because that's what they fought for, so that I could sit and moan. I'm not moaning anyway. I'm expressing my views. You don't agree with. I yeah. That's, that's... Andrew, I'm going to stay on the radio more <laughs> so because people did that and you want me off. Hope that clears things up. Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five is the telephone number. I think they might have done it for a higher principle than just moaning as well. No, exactly. But they they fought for our freedom. Yeah, yeah, exactly for the freedom for me to stay here and don't say I don't want to fight. Hang on, hang on a minute. When did not wanting to fight become a bad thing to to say? When did that become a bad thing? I don't want to fight. When is that a bad thing? That's a good thing. Not fighting is a good thing. And I will teach my boys that. I will teach them not fighting is a good thing. But sometimes you have to stand up for a principle, don't you? Doesn't it get to a point where you have to do something? No. Really, never. Not for principles. Certainly not for principles. What about for other people's lives? It's different from principles. Okay. Agreed? Well. Isn't it? So they combine. No, I don't think it does. I don't think a principle... A principle is not worth fighting for. No, principle is not worth fighting for. Other people's lives... Getting there. It's different, yeah. Mm-hmm. It's different. How close to home does it have to get? <clears throat> um, Doorstep? I mean, I'd fight for my family. I'd fight for some members of my family. If their life was in danger. But but fighting... I don't understand why not wanting to fight is, is, is being perceived as a bad thing. That's surely one of the greatest things, not wanting to fight. I think most people don't want to fight, but some people find that they get to a point where they have to. Okay. Most it's people, about the level of threat. Most people get to a point where they have some to. Some people, I said. Okay. All right, we'll see. 08459 Now, on to uh, the slightly more important story of uh, dog napping. Parliament's Animal Welfare Group is backing calls for tougher sentences for dog nappers. The group, led by Devon MP Neil Parrish, uh, wants anyone who steals dogs and other domestic animals to face a five-year prison sentence instead of the usual caution, fine or community service. Well, Nick Oakley is from the charity Dogs lost dog lost good morning nick morning ian uh, you, you've been calling for dog napping to be taken more seriously for years haven't you absolutely yes so we are part of the um associate parliamentary group that neil parish um chairs so um we've been very active in in campaigning for this and um we've actually just um submitted our proposals to the sentencing council because there is a review on this and we're obviously very very pleased um that the parliamentary group is taking this so seriously so what are your proposals, Nick? What would you like to see happen well, in an I mean, ideal we're world? we're very much in line with, with what Neil is saying and that we want to see custodial sentences. Um, the problem at the moment isn't just that people are getting uh, cautions or they're getting community service or, or very small fines. Part of the problem is that there aren't prosecutions in the majority of cases in the first place. Ah, I see. So is that the police not taking things seriously enough? It's it's partly that, or giving them uh, credit, there are many forces are getting much, much better um, at um, dealing with uh, dog theft. Um, but the problem also is actually gathering the evidence. In some cases where someone is actually found 
with the dog on their property. Um, that's one thing. But in some instances, it's actually quite possible for someone to say, oh, the dog walked up to me. Mm. Um, I didn't take it. Um, so it can be a difficult one. Um, but we have been working um, with a lot of police forces around the country, um, and um, they are improving. Hertfordshire um, are, are, are good, too. They are um, getting better. Thames Valley are also very good. A couple of hours ago, we spoke to uh, Jessie from Luton about her dog, uh, Millie, and um, we, we, if you missed it, you go, go and listen on the iPlayer. Talking to Teabag was, was a wonderful experience. She had her dog stolen, managed to get it back, but not after she was asked for money for it. Is that common practice? It, it is common. Wow. Um, the, the usual scenario, rather than being absolutely upfront and asking for, for a ransom, um, is to um, either get in contact with an owner or, or wait until the um, the owner has perhaps tracked someone down and say, well, um, I actually, I paid £200 for the dog. Of course you should have your dog back, but I mustn't be out of pocket. Uh, and the reality is that the uh, the person um, asking for this money probably um, either stole the they dog. They nicked it. They, or, they nicked found, it. or they found it and they kept it. And the thing is as well, listen, I'm not a dog person, I'm a cat person. But I, if know some, if, Ian, I know I know Nick, and I, we, we need to talk <laughs> off air and maybe I can convert you. <laughs> but if, some, if my cat went missing and someone phoned me up or put a letter through the door saying, I've got, you, I've got velvet, you can have her back for 100 quid, do you know what? I'd pay it. I, of course I'd pay it, because it's like a member of the family, Ab- isn't it? Absolutely, and many people do, um, and that's part of the problem. I think if that happened to me, I would do exactly the same thing. Um, and... We have to accept that there will be cases cases like that. But then I think there are things where the police are getting involved mm. and they are taking it seriously. Then we can try and prevent that. But I think people need to know that, um, you know, Dogloss knows that this happened. The police know it happened. And listeners should know that... This is quite a common scenario. Oh, I think it's sad, particularly when, you know, when we spoke to, to Jessie earlier on. She's mm. an old lady, and she's, you know, she's obviously... Uh, she's a delightful old woman, and we enjoy talking to her, and I think it's very, very sad. Nick, very quickly, just, just tell us what Dog Loss does and how people can get involved. Well, basically, it's a network of volunteers around the country. Uh, dogs get lost. They register on the website, and our local volunteers will help and support... Um, the owners. Um, we have lots of automated systems which notify uh, local organisations, um, local people. We've got a membership of 75,000. Um, we have automated poster systems. So we're, we're there to help. We've got 10 years expertise. Um, we've won three awards, which we're very proud of. And what's the website, Nick? It's uh, dogloss.co.uk. Beautiful. Thank you. Always nice to talk. Thank you very much. We, we, we will have a chat at some point about cats. I will convert you. It's Nick Oakley from the... Uh, Charity Dog Lost, 08459 455 555. So the conversation has progressed from uh, playing football for your country to fighting for your country. And when, when, hang on, when did, when did not wanting to fight and trying to promote peace, when did that become a bad thing? 08459 455 555. Travel news for beds, cards, and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. On the M40 London-bound, Junction 1 for the Denham roundabout. A lane is closed on the exit slip road. Uh, Slow going through the area because a car's broken down. 
The M1 London bound also slow going between junction 10 for Luton and 9 for Redbourne and ongoing delays on the M25 anti-clockwise which is really struggling between junction 20 for Kings Langley and 16 for the M40. The A40 London bound at Hangar Lane, one lane is blocked because a car's broken down. Got queues on the approach from the Denham roundabout. All lanes have just been reopened there, actually, but those delays are still going back to the Denham roundabout. On the speed sensors, the A1M southbound slow between Junction 9 for Letchworth and 7 for Stevenage. Public transport has no reported problems. I'm Alice Glossop, BBC Three Counties Radio. Across beds, hearts and bugs. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. It's 8.30, I'm Simon Oxley. A whistleblower has told the BBC the many services at the Yarlswood Immigration Centre in Bedfordshire are not fit for purpose. Bosses from Serco, who run Yarlswood, are due to appear before MPs this afternoon. A leading doctor has described a review of NHS services in Bedfordshire and Milton Keynes as market lunacy, with services touted to private bidders. And a pedestrian has died after a collision with a van in Chiswell Green near St Albans yesterday morning. Three Counties Sports. BBC Three Counties Radio. England manager Roy Hodgson has made nine changes for this afternoon's final World Cup game against Costa Rica, who will rest players themselves, having already gone through. Only Gary Cahill and Daniel Sturridge remain from the side, which lost to Uruguay, as Hodgson includes the likes of Ben Foster, Luke Shaw and Jack Wilshire. This is the chance for them really to show that they're good players because they're getting the opportunity to play from the start. I think this will be an opportunity for them to go out and show that the faith we have and the hope we have that these boys are going to really develop. This could be the first moment where they could give us all an inkling that we're on the right track with them. Kickoff is at five o'clock. Also at five, it's Italy versus Uruguay for the right to join Costa Rica in the last 16. Last night, host Brazil beat Cameroon 4-1. They'll face Chile in the last 16. Holland will face Mexico, who beat Croatia 3-1. Milton Keynes Don's assistant manager, Richie Barker, says the club has received no formal bids as yet for Deli Alley. The 18-year-old midfielder has been linked with a number of top Premier League clubs, but Barker says there have been no offers. As far as I know at the moment, I've been told of any sort of official bids you know I've heard all the rumours as I'm sure everybody else has and you know it, it's I'm sure flattering for him it's certainly flattering for the people who have worked with Delhi knowing that you know we're now starting to produce players that are attracting interest from the bigger club England's cricketers are facing almost certain defeat by Sri Lanka they will start the final day at Headingley on 57 for 5 needing 350 to win in the Minor Counties Championship at High Wycombe Buckinghamshire start the final day on 71 without loss in their second innings needing an unlikely 500 125 to beat Cambridgeshire. And Rafael Nadal, Roger Federer and Serena Williams are among those in action on day two at Wimbledon. BBC Three Counties News and Sports. The next full bulletin is at nine. Across beds, hearts and bucks. Here we go. This Here we go. is Ian Lee. BBC Three Counties Radio. Oh dear. Isn't it upsetting when someone has a different opinion to you? Huh? Elaine says on Twitter, so Ian Lee thinks soldiers are selfish for joining the military if they have children. So disappointed to hear that. I genuinely believe that. I think if you've got kids, they should be your priority. And yes, you could argue... Well, no, you couldn't argue. You couldn't argue that going off to Iraq and Afghanistan to fight is, is protecting your children because those countries at the moment pose no threat to us. Although Iraq does now because of what we did there. But you should be staying at home with your kids. 
you should be looking after your kids. You shouldn't be putting yourself in a position where you might die and your kids don't have parents. I, I, I strongly believe that. Oh, wait, four five nine four double five five double five Anonymous text. My boyfriend got back from a tour of Afghanistan last week. How can you say fighting is bad? Hang on a second. Let's just read that sentence again. How can you say fighting is bad? Because fighting is bad? Why? Am I on my own here? I suspect I might be, knowing the sort of calls that that come on this show. Am I on my own here thinking that fighting is bad? How can you say fighting is bad? I can say it with pride. I can say with pride that fighting is bad. I think fighting is bad. And I will promote peace with my children. And that, uh, uh, that, that only under the most extreme circumstances, I'm still not quite clarified in my head what those extreme circumstances are. But only, and I'm not, listen, I'm flawed. I'm not, I'm not got this argument completely worked out. But only under the most extreme circumstances should they pick up arms. You going to finish your text? I think putting your life on the line for your country is the most heroic thing you could ever do. That's your opinion. I disagree strongly. It's the sentence, how can you say fighting is bad, question mark, that I don't get. I can say fighting is bad very, very easily because, hey, guess what? Fighting is bad. Hitting people is bad. Shooting people is bad. Blowing people up is bad. But giving people, you know, a slap round the head is bad. It's bad. Okay. Fighting is bad, isn't it? Isn't it? Am I the only person that thinks this? Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five. Nick, I'll come to you in a second. To talk about fighting. I just want to get this text in from Gary and Luton about Yarlswood uh, that we were talking about while it's still in our minds. Ian, whilst the women in Yarlswood should be treated with respect and dignity, we shouldn't forget they are here illegally. Speed up the deportation process and remove them. Let their country of origin worry about their health problems. It's not our problem. If some of them have mental health problems, they had it before they came here. It didn't just start here. The people in Yarlswood are just playing the system, send them home. So many points in that, Gary, that are wrong, Okay, Uh, We shouldn't forget they are here illegally. A significant number of them are fleeing persecution, are fleeing violence, are fleeing fighting, are fleeing terrible situations situations okay yeah there might be a couple of chances in that i don't know the statistics but a significant number of those women women are refugees from uh, horrible horrible situations that they have been so desperate to escape from that they've risked everything to come here okay right point one uh if some of them have mental health problems they had it before they came here how do you know that how, how do you know that, Gary? How do you know that some of these problems didn't occur whilst they were, um, you know, being uh, sexually abused or whilst they were being strip-searched just for the kicks of other people or while they were locked up? Or How do you know, Gary? So, wrong. Right, back to fighting. Nick's near Sandy. Morning, Nick. Morning, Ian. Well, I'm no pacifist. I was in the army. We got out many years ago. And like so many who are in the forces, they join up. They don't really know what the cause of the conflicts are, what the politics are, and they don't question it. Because if they did question it, they'll probably get called marshaled. But whether I fight and die for my country today largely depends on what the politics or the circumstances of these wars are. Like, if we ran the clock back 60, 70 years ago, and the Nazis were threatening us with invasion, then I would have had no compunction whatsoever in joining up and fighting. But today, all these wars overseas, interventionist wars, solely for the vanity of politicians and money and profit, I wouldn't have any qualms at all about not joining up whatsoever. It would be my utmost to persuade people not to. Iraq, I I don't... uh, I'm trying to think. Okay, and there might be one caveat to this. I don't think that Britain has... There are a couple of caveats. 
Oh, it's a, it is a tough one. Listen, this isn't easy, Nick, and I haven't got the answer. World yeah. War Two justified. OK, you're fighting against international fascism. I, I, I can justify that, although I still have a lot of respect for the people that refused to fight because they didn't agree with fighting. I can respect that. Uh, what other conflicts since then that we've been involved in are just? You could argue the Falklands conflict. You could argue the Falklands conflict. I'm not totally sure I buy that. Well, I wouldn't justify the Falklands conflict because I think all along prior to that conflict... Yeah. The Thatcher government was trying to provoke the Argentinians. Yep. In fact, there were many kind of peace arrangements or agreement uh, that was supposed to take place that didn't take she place. She was flexing I, her muscles, wasn't and she? I think, it, I think there was a very lot, a lot of behind-the-scenes politics behind that. Right. So I wouldn't have thought, even though that right. you know, I actually got out. Here's a couple that I'm not so sure about. Bosnia. Well, there again, you see, this is all about uh, very, very similar to the Middle East. So yeah. just playing but on we, the did, we did yeah. good in Bosnia, though, didn't, didn't we? I'm going to put that out there. I don't quite know the full history of it, but, but yeah. there were atrocities going on there that we um, uh, morally felt obliged to intervene in. Well, it was a bit like the First World War. We were siding with the Bosnian Muslims against Serbia because we were we were more fearful of a stronger Serbia, which was aligning with the Soviet Union or the or the demising Soviet Union. Yeah, and that that was the reason we were just playing on divisions out there in Bosnia. Rwanda. Wor- Catherine's just said in my ear, Rwanda. Now I don't know a lot about Rwanda, but what what, what do you think? Was that just? Well, the, well, there were, well that that was not necessarily a military conflict, but there's certainly more intervention on. On the humanitarian side. And isn't, that, we, isn't we, that, does that make it just, Nick? Does the humanitarian side make it just? I don't think Iraq was just. I don't, I've got no idea what we, what we went to Afghanistan for. That's still not been made clear. Uh, the, the Libya, the, the, you know, it's a tough one. Libya we probably didn't, didn't need to go into, actually, now I think on it. Well, you see, all these Middle Eastern uprisings, the same today in Iraq, all these Arab Springs, we only, we only appeared to support it, providing they didn't succeed in their revolution, which is what we were quite prepared to go along with these regimes in, in the Middle East, uh, in Libya. We were siding with Gaddafi just before it all blew up. So what our concern there was for to fault any revolution in case our interests were... Nick, very quick, let me just put you to, put this text to you again. This anonymous text. My boyfriend got back from a tour of Afghanistan last week. How can you say fighting is bad? I personally think, as a dad of two, as a human, as someone who's a borderline humanist, but I don't quite know exactly what that means, so I'm, I'm holding back from saying it, I find it very easy to say that fighting is bad. Well, he joined the army, he, like I did. He volunteered to do it. I'm glad he got back safe. But at the end of the day, it's a volunteer. We haven't got conscription. And if he, in the end, he finds out all his work out there was for nothing, then unfortunately that's occupational habit. Is, is fighting bad, Nick? It's a, char- well, it's a playground it's question, not, isn't unfortunately, it? Unfortunately, no, yes, of course it's bad in the, uh, in the ultimate sense. But, unfortunately, we live in a world where, um, where conflicts do occur. And we have to, uh, and depending on the situation, we have to, sometimes we have to fight. Nick, thank you very much. It's a playground question. It's a very simplistic question. Is fighting bad? But, ultimately, I, yeah, it is, isn't it? That's not a controversial statement. Glenn's in Leighton Buzzer. Morning, Glenn. Morning, Ian. Glenn, what would you like to say? Well, I'm not as intelligent as that, as that young man who was just on before, but I'm with you. Um, I, I, I wouldn't go and join the army to fight unless it was to defend this country. That's the only time I would do it. So by, by that, what do you mean, if we were being invaded or something? Yes. Okay. Yes. 
That's the only time I would do it. My dad had one word to say about the Middle East, and it could be solved with one button. That's all I'm saying on that one. Well, what, what dropping a big nuclear bomb on them? Well, give, them, give all the innocent people time to get out, and those that want to stay, nuke it. We can't. I get a minute. Glenn, that's like big fighting. That's super fighting. We can't nuke well, Iraq. Oh, Glenn, we've lost you. Just at the, perhaps just in the nick of time, because we were entering the realms of uh, bullshine. Uh, I think that nuclear bombs is big fighting. Big fighting is even worse than uh, ordinary fighting. And isn't that the point that actually in future we won't have to be going and getting guns well, and things because someone will press a button? Well, I thought that we were there already. I thought we were there in the eighties. I don't. That it would appear, but unless Korea get one, well, Korea have got them, haven't they? Have Korea got them? Oh gosh, we're all we're all doomed. We're all doumed. Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five. Don't worry, they're still testing them, so they're not quite got <laughs> them down. <laughs> uh, this, this boils down, I guess, to two questions: Would you fight for your country? Is this interesting, Justin? This has gone from football mm. to would you fight for your country? Two questions have come out of this so far. Right? Would you fight for your country? Uh, and I, I wish I knew the name of this anonymous texter. How uh, is fighting bad? Let me yes. just read this text again. My boyfriend got back from a tour of Afghanistan last week. How can you say fighting is bad? I think putting your life on the line for your country is the most heroic thing you can do. Is fighting bad? And the third question, third thing, and I genuinely believe this, and this is not, um, you know, hey, listen, all of our soldiers, I, I wish you the, the best of luck. I hope you come home safely with all of your bits of your body intact and everything like that. I'm not in any way saying, you know, I hate your what you do. I'm not in any way saying I hate you. Uh, and I hope you come back safely. I do genuinely think to join the army where you are putting your life literally on the line, if you have children, I think that's a selfish thing to do. I think, as a, I don't know how as a parent you can't put your children first. 08459 455 555 is the telephone number if you want to give us a call on that. Justin, we're going to play your audio after the, the news and the weather, if that's all right. Mm. But we've been um, we've been asking you. It's been, it's been a cracking show this morning. Yeah, interesting stuff. Well, this is this has come from the story about the England. Isn't it funny that how you go from a football game to people dying? You know, uh, this has come from the the, the, the story that's uh, well, been around for a while. Um, some England, some football players who are good enough to play for England have decided they don't want to play for England. And Ian Wright has written this. 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 I think it's a ridiculous piece. He's yeah. doing it to, to, you know, so that we talk about it. Well done, Wrighty. It's worked. <laughs> he says the next young player who says he does not want to play for England should be ordered to ring the parents of a soldier who has died serving his country in Afghanistan and tell them his reasons. Has anybody actually phoned up and said I agree with what Ian Wright no. is saying? No, 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 no one has. No one has said it's, that. It's such a strange thing to say. It's on the front page of the sun this morning. That's ridiculous. Um, yes, we're all very passionate about football in this country, very disappointed about the World Cup, but, but what he's saying there is just absolute nonsense. If you don't want to play for your country, what is the big deal? If you play for England these days, all you get is grief and And you surprised else. me. When you came in and I threw this at you, I thought you were going to say, yeah, it's disgusting, you name them <laughs> and shame them, but, but not at all. No, not at all. I think, you know, I think I mentioned this to you uh, in the past as well. You know, when it comes to international football, it's it's a bit of a turn-off for you don't these like days. It, do you? Because I hate to say it, but most people who support England, yeah. they know absolutely nothing about football. They go down JD Sports, they buy an England shirt. Plastic football the, fans. Plastic football fans, they go down the pub, they think they know it all, they yeah. know absolutely nothing, which is why if I was a top English player, I would want <laughs> And you to, nearly were, <laughs> Justin, you nearly were. With my sweet left foot, I would want to play for my club and prolong my career for my club and be adored by my fans and not be abused by Muppet English fans. Just say, Justin wants to be adored by his fans, and we know you are. Daily stay there. We'll speak to you after a bit of this. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. 
On the M40 London bound at Junction 1 for the Denham roundabout, a lane is closed on the exit slip road and it's slow going through the area. Also problems on the A40 London bound, much heavier than normal this morning after a car broke down at Hangar Lane. Queues starting around the Denham roundabout at the moment. Also on the sensors, the A1M southbound, very slow between Junction 9 for Letchworth and 7 for Stevenage. The northbound carriageway also looking like it's struggling around Junction 6 for Wellin. Public transport has no reported problems. I'm Alice Glossop, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you, Alice. Where's my head? There's my head. It's 8.46. It's Tuesday the 24th of June and it's feisty this morning. These are your headlines. A whistleblower has told the BBC that many services at the Yarlswood Immigration Centre in Bedfordshire are not fit for purpose. Bosses from Serco who run Yarlswood are due to appear before MPs this afternoon. A leading doctor has described a review of NHS services in Bedfordshire and Milton Keynes as market lunacy, with services touted to private bidders. And in sport, England manager Roy Hodgson has made nine ch- uh, changes for this afternoon's final World Cup game against Cafe Nero. Hearts and Bucks weather. BBC Three Counties Radio. Where's my webs? 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 There's my webs. Good morning. Good morning. Sorry for the little wait there. That was Kelly Betts. She will be um, cleaned and then fired. Let's have the weather, please. <laughs> Good morning. Uh, still a bit of mist now, though, particularly over higher ground. Perhaps the children still has a little bit of mist, but it is all lifting quite nicely. We should get some nice sunny spells. Lovely day today, actually. It should remain dry for most of us. However, it doesn't come without warnings of showers. Perhaps one or two potentially quite heavy showers developing. Middle part of uh, the afternoon onwards, really. Could get a rumble or two of thunder in there, too. They shouldn't last for too long, but they could be fairly lively if they do occur. The maximum temperature, though, up to 23, maybe even 24 Celsius. Overnight, any showers remaining will move south. Behind it, the air, that little bit fresher, so it's going to feel a little different, perhaps a little more comfortable overnight tonight. The minimum uh, down to around 13, 12, 13 Celsius. For tomorrow, sunny spells, light winds, looking dry, but it is going to feel fresher. The maximum temperature, despite all those lovely elements of the day, is going to be up to 19 Celsius, so markedly cooler than it is this afternoon. And that's your forecast. Thank you very much. Coming up, we'll speak to Justin Dealey and find out whether people are as offended as Ian Wright is that some players don't want to play for England. And also, would you pick up arms for your country? Is it selfish if people join the army when they've got kids? And... Is fighting bad? From this weekend, Sundays are changing here on BBC Three Counties Radio. From nine, it's me, Tony Blackburn, with two hours of great soul music to ease you into your day. From 11, I'm here with my weekend kitchen where you can find inspiration for your Sunday lunch and beyond. From one, it's shrink-wrapped with Toby Friedner and Dr Chet Kang, where we'll discuss disability and mental health. A new flavour to Sundays starts this weekend here on BBC Three Counties Radio. What? No one told me they was changing the schedule. Uh, Justin Dealey. 
Yes, boss. And are we allowed? You've announced, haven't you, the changes to your show? Yes. Let's, um, should we give it a little plug here yeah, so people yeah, don't get confused? What's yeah. happening to your show? Why not? Saturdays at the new time, 12 until 2. Two hours of great songs and great memories. And you were saying this works for you because it means you can just casually stroll out of here and walk to uh, the Luton Football Town yeah. matches. Down to Kenilworth Road. Matches, yeah. Beautiful, beautiful. Yeah. Right, OK. Hmm. Ian Wright, he says if uh, people don't want to play for England, they should phone up the parents of dead Afghanistan soldiers and, and tell them why. Slightly controversial. Wow. I would say a little bit irresponsible and stupid to say that. Uh, what have you been asking people today, Justin? What have they said? Well, he thinks these people should be named and shamed. Uh, this feature coming up contains Intercom Man, by the way. He's oh, back. Beautiful. So I've been asking people, would they be offended if players said they didn't want to play for England? Here's what they had to say. They're idiots. Why? Because it's their country. And, you know, they should be proud to be playing for their country. OK, they might be playing for other teams, but play for their own country. They should be proud. What, proud to, to be abused and to be called names? If they're called names, so be it. Would you want to go out onto a pitch and, and suffer all that abuse and not get paid for it because you don't get paid for, for being an international? Would you seriously want to do that? Not really, but... Exactly. <laughs> but again, I'd still be proud to play for my country. Intercom man, good morning. Um, welcome back to the programme. We just want to know this morning, what do you think about players who, who don't want to play for England? Do they upset you? Are they a disgrace? They are a disgraceful, disgraceful people. Tell me why they're such a disgrace. You should always want to play the country. It should be for free. Well, they are playing for free, but, but why are they a disgrace if they don't want to play? You tell me. No, you know, you tell me. Intercom man? Cool. Thanks. Yeah, yeah, I think it would actually. Why would it upset you? Because I'm patriotic, and I think every, I think everyone else should be patriotic as well. If you were a top English player, though, would you yep. want to go out onto that pitch and just be abused, <laughs> and well, at the end of the day, not get paid for it as well? You don't get paid for playing for your country. Yeah. All you're getting is grief. Yeah, yeah that's true. That's true. Uh, yeah, they do get a lot of stick. You know, I do feel sorry for them for that part. Yeah, a bit. Yeah. Tell me why. Well, I think it's just an honour to play for your country, isn't it? Really, if you get the chance to. Not many people get the chance to. But I think you should go for it if you get the chance. They should always take it. Ian Wright says, the next young player who says he does not want to play for England should be ordered to ring the parents of a soldier that's died serving his country in Afghanistan and tell them his reasons. Yeah. I wouldn't go that far. <laughs> I wouldn't go that far, no. I mean, uh, if you get the chance to play for your country, yeah, do it. It is an honour, but I wouldn't go as far as to say things like that. Fighting for your country and playing for your country is two different things. OK, interesting uh, mix of uh, responses there, Justin. Absolutely. Um, I think you know, some people think that, that Ian's right, Ian Wright's comments are absolutely ridiculous, but, but when you actually put people under pressure and say, right, OK, so, so what offends you so much? They, they can't really yeah. give me a reason why. If they were put in that position themselves, they wouldn't want to do it. There Just, you go. Justin, stay there, because I, I, I may want your feedback on this next call we're about to get. Kevin's in Northampton. Morning, Kevin. Hey, morning. How's oh, things? Yeah, fine, thank you. What do you think about football players, English football players, who don't want to play for England? Well, they're not showing their loyalty for stars. I think they should actually be taken out onto the front line to meet soldiers that are loyal for their country. Show them what loyalty is all about. Why? Why? Uh, if you're good at something, if you're picked by the nation to represent, you should go out there. You should give your all for the country. Why? Why? Yeah, why, why, why should you? 
Because you're in that position to do you follow the it's a course taken. Say that again, sorry, Kevin, your line broke up. I said it's 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 something that you believe in, something that you follow. I mean, these, these football players, they want to reach the, the top of their sport. They want to to be known throughout the country. They want to reach the pinnacle. And once they're there, if they're chosen to go out and represent the country and they, they turn down, what are they doing it for? What's the connection? I don't understand the connection between football players and soldiers on the front line. What, what, why, why would they need to go and speak to soldiers? To put them to put them in the mind frame of people that are loyal to the country, but they're two complete. One's a game, and the other one's football. I'm joking. One's a game, and one is a, a serious situation where where people are dying. There's, there's no correlation between the two, is there? The word loyalty. But what? Okay. What what, what does loyalty mean to you? Both both of those loyalty. both of those people, the footballers and the soldiers, are doing a job. Yeah, they're, they're doing a job. You know, you, it could be argued that if soldiers were, you know, were, were completely loyal, and I'm putting this out hypothetically, it's not necessarily what I believe. Before I get the text, they do it for free. Yeah. Well, that's the, I mean, that's that's the way it used to be, wasn't it? Well, yeah. I just don't understand if if someone chooses not to go and play a game uh, in in another part of the world. I, I don't see how that correlates with what soldiers are doing on the front line. It, it, I mean. You, you could say loyalty. I'm not quite sure what that means in this context. From my, from my view, it was it was something that you followed if you reached the peak and the pinnacle of the dreams of where you want to go and your aspirations, then you should follow them through. You shouldn't just sit on the sideline and decide, OK, well, today I'm not going to go out. And- Kevin, thank you. I'm going to end it there because your line's not great, but um, some really nice uh, uplifting words there, but just the, the, the content was a little bit saggy. Uh, I, I, I think, Justin. I, I, I don't. I don't mm. see this connection between football and war. I really don't no. see the connection. One's a sport played by multi-millionaires, uh, 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 and you know the other one is is young men and women going out and, and risking their lives. I think what it comes down to is is money. And how many times have we heard that this morning from people saying the money they're on these days? That's what it all comes down to. And I have to say it again, I'm jealous, and I think the majority of people that I talk to are incredibly jealous about the amount of money that that professional football players get. But if somebody said to you at work, we're going to double your salary, what are you going to do? You're not going to turn around and say, no, I'm not going to do that because it might offend my colleagues and people that I know. Of course you're going to take the money. Of course you are. Justin, thank you very much. Excellent stuff today. A couple of texts. uh, Annie says, I totally agree with you. No fighting. And Mon says, you came across a bit weird first time you commented on fighting for the country. Now you clarified. Makes perfect sense. I'm 100% with you. And I've still not completely clarified it in my head. This is an ongoing process in my head. This is, hey, this is what life is. You don't, I, 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 when I was younger, I used to think I knew what my final thoughts were on everything. And then as I've got older, I've realised actually it's an ongoing process. And my thoughts about fighting and about war and things like that, it's an ongoing process. Let's hope we never have to make that decision. Oh, and let's hope, you know, listen, but by the way, wouldn't the country be in a desperate situation if I got that phone call? You know, how, how, by the time I get that phone call, we're all screwed anyway, guys. So, I, I wouldn't. I, I, it would be game over at that point. Uh, Bruno on Twitter says, uh, "I would only fight for my country if the people who started the war, i.e., the president, the prime minister, etc., go to the battlefield with me." 
It's another thing, man. They are pawns. People are pawns. Do you want to do the Facebook comments, yeah, go Catherine? On then. There's for, a few here. Go on. This um, is an England. Uh, we're being called up for England. Whether you should go or not. Yes. Yeah, so this is this is football, football not war. Football. Okay. Let's just differentiate. Yes. Although sometimes, uh, Peter Hudson, we should name those who don't want the honour of representing their country. Why? Because then they, they, then they're going to get abused. Why? Why? We want to abuse people now, do we? Because they do you know don't. What? It's funny though that they spoke to Harry Redknapp, but yeah. didn't want their names coming out. They kind of know that they'll get backlash for it don't they it's in the papers it says you could you could work it out who yeah. these these people possibly were lisa felberg why should they have to play it's not a conscription it's a game people not the be all and end all it's a, and that's it. It's a game. Thank you. So who was who wrote that? Lisa Felberg. Lisa, you have totally summed up what I've been unable to express all day. It's a game. It's a game. That's all it is. And Buster says, I know why they don't want to play. It's because they have no pride in themselves or their country. Uh, Rob Woollett, England needs to take a step back, employ English players and mould them into world-class players and not import them. Then after a few years, they will be the Zidane's, Messi's and Van Damme's. Yes, I did that on purpose, he said. <laughs> did a joke. We've done a football phone-in this morning. And I kind I, of did. And I think we got away with it. Kelly, Kelly Betts, Kelly Betts, we didn't plug this last week. You're doing a show this Saturday at five o'clock. Is that right? Let's give that a little plug. So you're on Saturday at five o'clock. My music. What's happening? Uh, I was on Saturday at, f- at uh, five o'clock for my music. Oh, however, so we missed thank it. You, it's me this no, no, no. Whoa, 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 whoa. Oh, wait, I haven't finished. Hang it's on, on, on listen again. Okay, so we missed yours. Well, no, you can still catch. Well, but it. we, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, if you've got some kind of crazy futuristic you time right travel now. machine that Go allows you to again. listen to old radio, BBC.co.uk. unless you taped it, Download you're going to miss the it. IPlayer app and if you type didn't in tape it, you've missed it. So we don't know who's doing it this Saturday at five o'clock. No, I'm not sure. Okay, well, that's, that's disappointing. Well, we'll try and find out who's doing the My Music Show this Saturday at five o'clock and let you know. It's one of for the travel news you know for like. beds, cards, and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. On the A1M southbound between Junction 7 for Stevenage and 6 for Wellin, one lane is closed after an accident. Queues on the approach starting around Junction 9 for Letchworth. On the speed sensors in Hartford, the A414, very heavy going as you head towards the centre of town from the A10. Also in Newport Pagnall, the London Road looking very slow as you head towards the M1 Junction 14. Public transport, that's all looking good with no reported problems. I'm Alice Glossop, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you very much indeed. Well, that was fun and feisty, wasn't it? Who's up for some more fun and games tomorrow from six? I'll be here. Will you? I'm dashing off now, though. JVS is up next. Ta-ta. Local and vocal across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you, Ian. Good morning. Welcome to the JVS Show. I'm Jonathan Vernon-Smith. It's Tuesday. It's nine o'clock and on today's big phone-in. Is it time we increased the minimum wage? The Archbishop of York and his Living Wage Commission say more employers...